Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. What's the deal, Panther fans? It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. I'm Tony Dunn. They call me the professor, and I'm glad to be here with my homeboys for the longest running Panthers podcast. My wheel man, Cody Lashney. We got a great show tonight. The, pa- the Panthers training camp. The pads are popping, baby. Pads are popping. Training camp is underway. There is a quarterback battle. There is a left tackle battle. There are battles everywhere if one Matt rule is to be believed. Tony Dunn, it's another Tuesday night. You can feel the football in the air, and my body can feel it. I love it. I'm ready for it. And as always, you already know we're going to do it with the very best Panther fans in all of YouTube, Tony. You already know I'm going to love them. It's our man Adam Sanders, Drew C.J.A. Jay Prey, Joe Riolano in the building. What's up, Joey? Joey Legend. the Blind Panther, Esquivel, Lynn, Leon Hart, Matt Knows Nothing, Panthers Pickle, Promise Panda, Sideshow Rob, Tim Estes, White Chocolate Espresso, Wide Big Jordan, and Tin Tizzy. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Go ahead and strap up the seatbelt like J.C. Horn does to people. He's off the pup list and smash the thumbs up button while you're there doing it. Subscribe to the show. You can donate to the show. You can find that information in the show notes. There's ways via Super Chat, via Cash App or other means. But your support, your calls, your input is the best way uh, to continue to grow this podcast. 
The number's 252-228-5098. CK in the house. How you doing, my friend? Man, listen, uh, it's one full week of training camp in the books. I can't be happier. We are not very far away from FanFest. We're not very far away from preseason. And you know what? I think we have more to be excited about with preseason than we have in years past. We have the ability. This yeah. is probably the only time we're going to see Matt Corral in action over the next, you know, for the for the next year at least, right? So there's a lot of things to look forward to, and I think we're going to start to see some some of these uh, these position battles start to separate themselves from one another. Um, and we've already started to see some of that, but right now it's exciting to have some things to talk about because we haven't had the opportunity since Tuesday's show to have this uh, this conversation. So a full week of these uh, discussions now, uh, worth of uh, things to discuss, I should say. Yeah, Sam Darnold started with the ones yesterday. Uh, yesterday. Uh, Baker Mayfield jumped in there today, and really, Baker Mayfield came in here and has breathed life into at least the fan discussion Mm -hmm. at the very moment. And for a lot of fans, the belief uh, that the quarterback position could be something worthwhile this year. Uh, And there are a lot of battles going on. There's been some head-scratching moments among Panther fans of, like, why is it that it's not more clear that Baker Mayfield's with the ones and maybe Matt Corral is the, the number two. There's been some concerns that Matt Corral has just been fading into the background, even though he's doing his best to show you that he doesn't believe that. And then, really, the talk has been all about that offensive line. And really, if Iki Aquano, why, why he's rolling with the twos, I think we got some good reasons. I know a lot of people are unhappy with the fact that uh, Brady Christensen has just been starting out all the reps with the number ones, but I have... I think there's a reason uh, Matt Rule's creating this kind of competitive environment. I don't think it's a knock on Icky or anything to that effect. So we got a lot to talk about tonight. We could we love y'all's input in the chat. We appreciate it. Where are we going to start with tonight? What are we starting with, Cody, tonight? Yeah, so before we get into all the training camp news, uh, this is something that happened just today that, uh, you know, has – Panthers Twitter ablaze. It's uh, something good to talk about. The Panthers released their jersey schedule. And um, you might notice that there's a common occurrence when you look at this schedule. Uh, And that's a lot of white Panthers, baby. The Panthers are going, they will not play in black jerseys until November. And the second time that they play, uh, the Atlanta Falcons. And a lot of people were like, man, we just introduced the black helmet and now we're going on this long streak of uh, all-white jerseys. Some people are kind of annoyed by this. Some people feel that it's fire. I don't know. but I mean, I'm really of the mindset that, you know, early on in the season, they do it to avoid the sun. But the fact that they're even going into October and they're still wearing the white jerseys. I don't know. I really don't know what to make of this. Uh, this is a this is an interesting one to say the least. Where's the blue at? The last, the uh, second to I last know. game of the year. Yeah, one like that's, time. Like I mean, if anything, that this is it's an overwhelmingly negative response to this. Like I know that Cody said there's a lot of people that that were like, oh, that doesn't really matter. It's fire. I have yet I haven't seen that take very much at all. It has been a large majority of the people are saying like we're basically wearing away uniforms 
for nine straight games because that's yeah. what most people would consider these white uniforms. Like when people say that they're a fan of the Carolina Panthers, they say they bleed. Yeah, black uh, and blue. Black and blue. Yeah. White ain't in there, bro. White. Yeah, yeah. And are are the are the Bengals? Uh, somebody was trying to tell me they were going to wear their white uniforms when they played us. So I guess they were just hoping. No, they I think no everyone way was can... wanting that because okay. we had the black helmet, and then they have the white specialty helmet uh, that they're pulling out this year. Um, I like them blue uniforms though. Like that's yeah. a. I mean, I don't dislike the white. I know that you're going to have it in the repertoire and need it, but like when you just look at this map right here <laughs> like yeah. did anybody go hey you want to mix it up a little bit more like well think about it there's only four games where we're in black and one of them is the color rush with the falcons like that's that's and that's the only one with the black helmet so what are you that's gonna wear only... what are you gonna yeah. wear the white the silver helmet on the other ones so october 9th we're at home and we're wearing white then the entire month of october we're wearing white so we'll be at home uh, October 23rd playing Tampa Bay in white. And, um, yeah, I don't know. This seems like a decision, man. I, I really don't know what the decision behind this is. I know, and I've said for a while, that the Panthers normally play their first three or four home games in their white jerseys every sure, year. Sure. And it's partly that. because it's still hot as Hades here in Charlotte, even at that time of the year. Um, but this is far later than they've ever worn the whites before. Only four times with the black, one with the blue. And a lot of people are really feeling like the blue is the one that's being the most neglected out of the whole. Sure, yeah, sure, for sure. Yeah. Like, I can understand, like, the whole, like, we wanted to keep the black on black on black kind of the special moment. You know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when they released it or whatever. It just seems like, man... uh blue against the Bengals somewhere in there right after week six would have been cool so i guess la is gonna come in they're gonna wear their blues against mm us um i wonder if it's like a way to screw the other team that's what i'm wondering like Like i I was like we're trying to overheat them that or is there some sort of like have they done statistics that show that when your p- players are facing teams wearing white jerseys, they're more likely to quarterback <laughs> throw more likely to throw well, maybe, they've been, or... maybe they've been listening to Tony Dunn and they just feel like the all white uniforms have the best luck. Well, and do. they're the ones that we get the most W's in. So mm. therefore we must wear the white jerseys. I don't uh, know. Yeah. I want to see more blues here. Um, I, I Going back to the heat thing though. I always, I've, I think for the last few years, which I haven't been since COVID, I haven't been to a game. Um, mm. And like the question is this year, am I going to go to a game? And some ways, like I get to use the post game as an excuse to not go to the game, right? Because it's so much work. It's so much expense. It's such a, you know, like really it's the next day going to work yeah. and stuff like that. People That's depend the on their therapy sessions after yeah. after Panther. Football. And then we got to all huddle up in Cody's room beside each other like this. And stuff. <laughs> it's, just, it's always nerve. I'm always setting it up at the last second, you know, and stuff. Maybe with StreamYard, it would simplify it because we could do the two cams and we wouldn't even have yeah. to. You remember when we were doing it different before? Yeah. yeah. But um, I have I have been for years saying, man, I won't go to a game before October. And then they always put somebody on the schedule I want to see. 
before early like i mean if like if you had your choice right here of what game you would want to go to um and i can't tell from the schedule which is home and away or from this look but i mean we know week one is at home is that la game here uh so these are these are the home games the browns the saints the 49ers tampa bay uh we have atlanta denver uh, the mm. Steelers, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Saints. Ooh, so I think my bucket list, did you say uh, the 49ers are up there? Yeah, 49ers. Are up there. I think I would Let's... like the Browns would be a game I would like to go to, obviously, for whatever for the storylines that we all know. Uh, the 49ers would be an interesting yeah. game because I'd love to see how Trey Lance is doing this year and some different things. Um, and, man, the Broncos – would be a cool game, you know, is they got some, that's a matchup right there. Uh, right. Like a Russell Wilson revenge. So interesting. I even think uh, week three at home against New Orleans, that ought to be a fun one. Cause uh, you know, last year we beat them early in the season. And uh, that was one of our biggest feathers in our caps. You know, the saints had been beating us uh, handedly the past mm-hmm. few years. Um, yeah, that would be a good one too. And it's early, so it'll still be fairly good weather out at the stadium, at least you hope. Are uh, we writing yeah, the Saints the full- off too much this year? I have like not even thought about them at all. Well, uh, you know, no more Sean Payton. I feel like with them, it all hinges on Jameis Winston. Uh, they have a really good team. They have a good offensive line. They have good receivers, good defense. They have everything, but you just don't know what kind of Jameis Winston you're going to get. So mm-hmm. well, maybe Alvin Kamara will be suspended then too. Yeah. Oh, and that's another thing we need to mention too. Uh, that Browns game, it's looking like there will be no Deshaun Watson. It's looking like he will have a yep. six game suspension, according to Sue Robinson, who did the investigating. So it's looking like uh, this nasty secondary that we're going to talk about in a little bit here. Uh, they're they're gonna be going up against. Uh, I'm having a brain fart. What's the guy's name that they? Uh, that Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett against or the Josh Rosen. Defense. Yeah, or, so now all, uh, all of a sudden, Alapisha. Uh, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs. Science, baby. Um, yeah. I will say this though, up, and I, I feel like it was this way last year. The first, you know, four or five games. Man, that that could be a, a favorable set of, set of games for us, and the fact that we're at home, most of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, four out of the first five weeks of our season, we play in Bank of America Stadium. What an opportunity for us to build up an incredible home field advantage, start to capitalize on the fervor and the excitement around the football team. Man, you have to capitalize on those opportunities. How about this? Let's go ahead and pull up. Uh, let's go to the cat calls real quick. I know the first cat calls on Deshaun Watson, so we might as well just go ahead and mention and talk about that. We'll listen to the call, uh, see what they got to say, and we'll make our little comments about Deshaun Watson and, and what that means, really, for the Panthers. Baker Mayfield was asked about it. So let's go ahead and pull that up, Cody, and, and jump into these cat calls. Sure. Do you want to do the cat calls first? Yeah. Just uh, we'll do, Yeah, we'll listen to that first call, and then we'll talk about it. Yep. All right. 
What are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good, like... And a three and a four and a... Who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in the snow? Who's that kid that can use one... Hey guys, um, um, we'll talk briefly about this Deshaun Watson situation. A lot of people screaming at the NFL because he only got six games. Well, you know, I understand that, but uh, let, let's clarify a little bit. The NFL actually didn't suspend him. The Judge Robinson uh, kind of recommended that issue, uh, or did, or however you want to put it. Uh, the NFL originally wanted Watson gone a year. The NFL Players Association didn't want Watson to get anything because they don't think he did anything wrong. Uh, they, and if he did, they don't view it as the NFL has any business sticking their nose in it. Um, because the NFL Players Association is a lame ass organization, um, who only cares to make their players multi-trillionaires and will fuck over every person in the world to get that done. Um, my personal opinion is Deshaun Watson should never play in the NFL again. Um, and uh, But the, the worst part of this whole situation is everybody's ignoring the organization for giving him a $230 million fully guaranteed contract. Who the fuck uh, cares that the Browns uh, – I, I, I hope the Browns fail in everything they do. I really, truly do. I hope the organization fails. I hope every employee with the Browns fail. Um, I, I, I really do. I, I, I will despise the Cleveland Browns organization and its players for a very long time. Um, um, and, uh, that's just my opinion. Uh, All right, that's part one. He's got another part of the call coming in just a second, but we'll talk about that. Uh, what's interesting to me is, um, I feel like I'm see maybe there's something to be seeing see through this is that first of all, like the NFL wants a year suspension bullshit. They gave the all this stuff. Look, the Browns go and give this dude a raise. They go out there. Look, the NFLPA is always going to try to recommend like not in, giving up power to the NFL, right? Particularly with punishments, because right. per, especially in the past, where Roger Goodell has done whatever he's wanted, you know, like whatever he wanted. He remember with the Greg Hardy stuff, they invented the commissioner's non-exempt list. Like we had never even heard of that stuff. They were arbitrarily giving out punishments forever they could have done anything to watson that they wanted to eight months ago in my way they could have blocked the trade i think this is all for show i think the nfl is going to said this is like let's appoint this woman to do this we all know that we all want deshaun watson to be in the nfl that's why we let you pay him that's why we're not finding him any money or blackballing him out of the league in any way but we want to act like we wanted more. We want to act like we were the tough you, guys. You got to keep in mind the this Sue Robinson involvement 
is not something that just came up with Deshaun Watson. That was a part of the new CBA. Like the new CBA was created and this was a part of the process. Basically what the CBA wanted was exactly what you had talked about. They wanted to take away all the power or at least that final executive decision that Roger Goodell had. Yeah. To be able to stop him from being, because most players you listen, I was listening to the Pat McAfee show and he was talking about the players like when in the locker room, they hated Goodell because they felt like everything came back to him. Everything, every fine, like he said, the majority of the shit that you hear on the news is a like a just a a dip in the water compared to what the, what actually happens as far as fines and you know things like that. Um, and so th- they they had created the, the Sue Robinson involvement to try to uh, circumvent that executive power that that Roger Goodell had. Now, the part of this that is interesting is that uh, is I think that. The the NFL truly does you know does not want Deshaun Watson right now. You've got to keep in mind they don't want Deshaun Watson to play for one reason and one reason alone. The Browns have the fan base is already torn because there are so many people who just dislike the idea of what they've done. Like they just do not like the way the organization has gone um, with going giving away what they gave away and going for Deshaun Watson. Uh, and then second is. Name another fan base that thinks positively about, uh, as a whole, about Deshaun Watson and the Browns at this point in time. Not a single one. This is not good business for the NFL. It's faux judgment, though. And what I mean by this is Panther, Pickle, like, I understand. I think you uh, have a good claim, right? Like, I mean, I'm not going to, like, push back on that perspective that the Browns should really kind of be ashamed of themselves. But... I'm embarrassed that we weren't more stringent about not wanting like yeah. to be an advocate, you know, is that we oh, were, we were the allure we wanted. of the allure of a great quarterback or a young, great quarterback is so enticing. But here's the thing is that this will fade. Did you not see all the people clamoring around trying to get his autograph and stuff like this will fade from, the news cycle in six months, no one would care. And it's kind of like a fake faux hate and it shouldn't be, it really shouldn't be. But look, these people don't really give a crap. Nobody really gives a crap about anything. That's why I didn't even get mad about the Colin Kaepernick. I I wanted to jump in on, on this because, you know, like, and this is even outside of football, special powers come with special privileges. And as fucked up as it might be, it is simply the truth. And, I mean, look, you already have a bunch of fans that regardless of whether or not he is innocent or guilty of the things that he is being, you know, uh, accused of, the Brown fans are excited about the player, Deshaun Watson. And if you look at all the, you know, uh, Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, he came out against it, and it was very kind of like, Hmm, what are you talking for? Didn't you right. have some bad massage parlor stuff going on? So it, it, it just goes to show you, man, people in power, um, they're going to continue to be treated like people in power. So as much as I would, True. you know, say that there should be a bunch of outrage, I mean, the fact of the matter is every team in the NFC South was in on the Deshaun Watson yep. race once, once uh, they found out that he wasn't going to be indicted. I mean, the Falcons, the Saints, and the Panthers. 
uh, and then the Browns were out, and then they swept back into it. So, I mean, this is definitely going to be something that follows Deshaun for the rest of his career. There is no doubt about it, probably more so than any player that has ever had these types of allegations, like Mm -hmm. way more than Ben Roethlisberger, in my opinion. Um, And this is something that the Browns, if he doesn't turn out to be the franchise player that they all feel like he was destined to be, then it's going to look terrible. But the messed up vice to that versa is that if Deshaun starts balling out and they let's just say they win the Super Bowl, yeah, yep. dude, nobody cares. It, it, it'll it'll nobody just cares. be another who cares moment in history. Yeah, man. I wonder in comparison to the Greg Hardy story, I think that this is far worse than the Greg Hardy thing. It is. I do too. I know that people lumped the Greg Hardy stuff as like violence, domestic violence against a woman. And I mean, I guess I don't want to butt and qualify, but like at, I guess I am at this point is that they were doing co- like it's like these people were partying, hard, you know, and I don't know how like necessarily if there was like a habitualness to that. It type wasn't of 66 different women, right? Like the police got mm-hmm. called up to his house every week with him. Yep snorting lines of co- well we all knew he was doing blow like i saw a presser where kraken was doing that i was like man that dude is on blow right now right <laughs> after that game he had like four sacks and it was crazy uh speaking of punishments too uh Ooh, the yeah. dolphins the dolphins got smacked today Smack. with uh they they lost a first round draft pick uh, uh and a yeah. third round draft pick and not because somebody I saw the best tweet was this is like thank God the the um Deshaun Watson hadn't like uh interfered with Tom Brady because he would have gotten a whole year suspension so, or something. <laughs> so did you know only three teams have have lost a first round or, or there have only been three instances where a team has lost a first round pick due to like disciplinary action? And all three of them involved Tom Brady. Really? Yeah, all three. So of them were, what what would they have been? What so were the ones? Was, I mean, the filming uh, was, one, uh, the football. Was, yeah, uh, the film filming, the Flakegate, and now this. Wow. So yeah, the Dolphins. They were trying to get Tom Brady and Sean Payton uh, to be the the head coach and the quarterback. And they were even talking about giving Peyton's uh, like part of ownership, the ownership, yeah. I believe. And Tom Brady, yeah, yeah, and Br- yeah, that's insane, they were trying to man. get Tom Brady ownership and coaching. Like they were trying to be like, and you'll have a job as a coach for the life. And it was like some crazy shit that allegedly. Why but didn't here's he the, take it? Here's the because like, listen. Here's the thing. I think he knew he had a place. Like he was trying to go to a place that was a contender, and because he wanted, he had something to prove. Let's be real about it. Tom Brady was not after money at the end of the day. Tom Brady didn't leave the Bullshit. Patriots. Yeah. Why do you think he signed that bazillion dollar Fox deal? You don't think he cares about the money? That part, yeah. When he retires, he is. But right now, if he if that was the case, he wouldn't be working as a as a playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If I mean, it was all if, I was just gonna say, but the to, to my point, um, the fact that this isn't even about the actual issue that I think most of us would say that it should be about. And that is that they were alleged to, or it was alleged that they were tanking or that he had offered to pay $100,000 per game. The fact that they have 
Like they have evidence that the owner has said that, but they have no evidence to say that he was serious about that. Right. Whereas like, I feel like evidence should be enough to say there's written records showing Brian Flores having said, uh, like, I, I will like he had, pay he you had, the tank. Well, no, he, not even just that. Even before he got fired, there's there's record of him having expressed his concern to executives above him. Uh, and and then after after you know these these requests of tanking had taken place. So you have a record there, and you have people confirming that that the owner has said those things, whether they be in jest or not. I just don't understand how this is. Like you got to look at yeah, look like let's talk about Bounty Gate, right? Like that was way less like that's not nearly as egregious as what we dealt what we're talking about with the the Miami Dolphins. That is talking about the integrity of the game, right? Paying your coach to tank is a huge problem, and the fact that that's not the primary reason for this, they actually exonerated him of that. That's absolutely yeah. They said they didn't believe it. They said they didn't believe it. Basically, yep. Hey, um, real quick uh, uh, earlier, I forgot. Uh, to call out the uh, super chat that we got 199 uh matt corral is fire from scott yang appreciate you scott we'll be getting into that here quickly um yeah go ahead ck i didn't mean you no no yeah i mean that was that was really the the gist of it but i at this uh the gist of it but as far as yeah as far as the whole miami dolphins thing right now i am i'm flabbergasted that it, it it's that it that it is what it was. Like I think that it's it's not. I th- I do think that somebody said it's a cover up. Like I think this is yeah. the NFL saying like um, they're they're issuing a punishment for something else in an effort to try to take it. It's, it's similar to, yeah, yeah, so they don't have to deal into the race uh, race issue with coaches and some different things. Like because that's where the allegations. Who joined? Right. Did Wilkes join it too? Yeah, he joined the it. Suit. He is a part of it. Um, Somebody else did too, I think. That's a great point is did they use this as sleight of hand um, to avoid that? The other thing that's kind of wild is I saw somebody is like, how did the Dolphins try to tank and be better? Like, you remember, like, they were trying to win for the last two decades and they couldn't get but five wins. They try to tank and they go 11 and five. (laughs) <laughs> or what you know say like the last two years they're tanking and they're the best team they've ever had in some ways so that's pretty wild um this is a, you know at the end of the day the nfl this is why it's unbeatable it's a it's something you can't it's it's a behemoth it's the goliath of right. things it's the this is this drama right here is better than the guiding light days of our lives. I know the kids probably don't even know. Do they even have soap operas anymore? Do those shows come on during the day? I anymore? think so, <laughs> but I don't know. I would have no way of knowing. <laughs> right, like General Hospital. But these were all the stories. Like, And they were always the most dramatic. It would be like, whatever, this dude named Victor, he would be dead seven times, and he's back, and he's got a kid <laughs> with your mom. And it's just like... The NFL right now, this news cycle, and I wonder <laughs> if they were saving this and the Watson joint to drop at the same time so we didn't know what to be more upset about and talk about. You know, they do that kind of stuff. So it definitely wouldn't surprise me if uh, if that was the case. But look, it's that time of the show where we finally jump in to this training camp goodness that you've all been waiting for. But before we do that, listen – we have a bunch of freaks in the chat room, and they come here to hear us talk about Panther football. 
But before they get this beautiful training camp footage, they need to be shamed. CK, talk to them, Big Papa. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we have made it through one entire week of training camp. Now, why that's important for you to know is that we have very shortly, what is it, the 12th, the 13th, we have 11 days before we see any substantial Panthers football on this on the field, actually in plain action, potentially seeing our rookie quarterback, Matt Corral, go out there. And you guys have come here to see not only what we think about what we've seen through the training camp, but also what we think is going to happen with these battles. But you haven't hit that like yet? You haven't subscribed to this? Subscriber shame. Subscriber shame. 196 viewers, man. The show is growing all the time. 59 thumbs up. Come on, y'all. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe. We do Panthers content all year round. We are trying to make it to four or yeah, four thousand subscribers before Bro, we're gonna the start do it. of this NFL season. We're we doing are it. so close. You can help us be a part of that. Hit that like, hit that subscribe, hit that notification bell for every single time the C3 Panthers podcast goes live and hits you with this beautiful Panther content. That's let's all uh, squeeze in. Let's squeeze in one more, the second part of the cat calls from Panther Pickle real quick, and then we'll jump into the training camp stuff. Cool. Hello, all. Um, you know, uh, I, I have to, I have to say, uh, this this calls about the Panthers actually. Um, you know, Steve Smith made a very valid point on his phone interview with Kyle Belly that, um, you know, basically we fans need to chill. We really do need to chill. If we, we the, the today is Tuesday and they are starting their second day in pads and their sixth, repeat sixth day in actual training camp. Because they did three days last week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday. Today's Monday. Yesterday was five. Today is six. Now, that being said, let's understand that or that that all the folks that were on the roster back in June, including Sam Darnold, actually got the playbook. And Matt Corral, they actually got the playbook back in June. Baker didn't get it but a couple weeks ago. So let's understand that, okay? He's learning. He's progressing. He said today in a really good interview or yesterday, rather, I listened to it today, that he, uh, he, uh, 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 it's not sacred nature yet, but he's learning it and, and he's progressing. That's what training camp is for. Okay. Um, we as fans seem to want to push our narrative all over the place. Um, the offensive line is the only thing that bothers me. I, I don't like, um, given the fact that many of us believe Brady Christensen would start at guard. He's getting very little reps at guard, so I guess anything's possible. But, you know, Cody, you may get your chance and have 
um, icky at guard. Um, I, I believe in the end, uh, Brady Christensen's and Nicky Aquino are going to be in the starting lineup. Um, I do not believe that anybody else on the roster could actually handle guard, starting guard this year. Um, I'd like to think Cade Maid could, but that's probably pushing it a little. Um, oh, dude, I forgot Michael that guy Jordan was even on the team. Jordan is a joke of an offensive lineman. I keep asking this on Twitter, on YouTube, everywhere I go. I ask the same question. Somebody, somewhere, put out some sort of video proof that Michael Jordan can play starting offensive lineup. Just one little clip, and nobody seems to have the intelligence or the comprehension or the ability to do that. So, all right, man. Uh, great, uh, great calling. A great way I to segue Pants, in. Uh, let's go. Great way. Yeah, man. Really helped me uh, navigate the Friday free for all. So thanks, uh, thanks a lot, Panther Pickle for. Uh, and where were you at, Drew? I needed you. <laughs> needed you, Drew. Needed you. Uh, nah, it was a great, great co-host. No, you um, held it down, man. You held it. You did a, g- a great job on the Friday free for all, filling in for your boy. The kids yeah, were behaved. The kids were behaved for the professor. The students, they were a little bit behaved. They were like, "I don't know if we should act up like we should act like when Cody's around." <laughs> um, but let's go. Uh, let's jump into the training camp content. Let's go ahead and start yep. with the. Uh, J.C. Horn, you know, this is something that we talked about a lot on the Friday free-for-all is that should you be worried about it? Should you secretly be worried about it? Because I know the Panthers told you it's all precautionary. It's just uh, foot soreness. They're easing him in. Clearly, they want to protect him, right? I mean, he is – you see him running and doing this. You saw him doing these things in OTAs. You see him now in the pads. Uh, On the Friday free-for-all – we were just trying to be optimistic that this was precautionary, but at the same time, it was slightly disconcerting that it was the first day that he didn't even practice on the pup. But he's out there today. He's been activated. Um, and J.C. Horn's a dog, bro. So, like, we need him at this point. We need him. Your thoughts on J.C. Horn um, and kind of the wariness to do too much with that foot too early. So I'm just not going to freak out about it. Yeah. I'm not going to freak out about it until there's reason to freak out about it. I think J.C. Right. Horn uh, is going to have a breakout year this year, man. Look, I watched so much film from J.C. Horn coming out of South Carolina. I feel like I, I got to watch him evolve, you know, from his junior or from his sophomore season to his junior season. Again, he played at South Carolina. That's Clemson's rival. So, I've been following him the you know the past you know a couple of years it, it, it feels like this guy is an elite talent okay uh, JC Horn I think has the potential to be the best Panthers corner uh, that we've potentially ever had he has that type of ceiling uh, I, I'm so pumped I think the the backfield this year for the Panthers is going to be absolutely nasty what's giving me even uh, even more excitement, Tony, is not even just J.C. Horn, but all the reports indicate that our man C.J. Henderson is having quite the training camp. I mean, genuinely out there balling. Um, it really does look like he might be poised to have a, something 
of a breakout year yep. this year. Apparently, him and DJ Moore have gotten after it. Him and Robbie Anderson have gotten after it. But uh, yeah, this is a this is a play from CJ Henderson right here, going up, batting the ball down. So Tony, basically, I think that tandem of JC Horn and CJ Henderson is about to be nightmare fuel for opposing receiving cores. I think if you add Dante Jackson to the mix, man, we have so much speed and aggression back there. If our defense plays effectively on the front seven, our guys should just be able to be ball hawks and play fast and snag footballs out the air. Um, A lot of talk about C.J. Henderson here is him, uh, you know, really kind of coming out of his shell in some ways, or at least people are trying to say that this is, um, you know, not only is he playing well in camp, but, you know, there's questions about how much is he loved football, his demeanor and stuff here. Uh, this yeah. was a neat clip, I thought, on him and his relation or getting to know Steve Wilkes. Um, you know, in the NFL, you don't really build, build a real relationship, relationship with coaches. coaches. You know, having a dinner with him was very different for me. So that, that was a big thing for me. And that was it. I mean, there's nothing much to it is that I thought that was cool as well. A lot of talk about Wilkes so far. Uh, people love Wilkes. We've always loved Wilkes, but it was nice. And he said, look, hey, is that uh, the first thing that Wilkes did when he came to town was uh, go eat dinner with me. And he said he's not used to that. CK, is it relieving to see uh, J.C. Horn out there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd be foolish to say no. Um, I right. think uh, at this point in time, J.C. Horn, uh, like Cody said, I mean, we have a potential for breakout. You know, if if he can come in here and actually perform and, and not get re-injured, Dude, this like this secondary has the potential to be scary, especially if Dante Jackson continue to can continue his uh, leadership role within this uh, within this uh, room, this uh, defensive back room. There's, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of opportunity here, and uh, listen, I'm here for it. Uh, if I, I just I'm worried because outside of those three, I don't know that we have a very you know, stout defense. And so I'm worried if uh, JC goes down again, we're back at square one or if CJ or Dante, who is known to be injured, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about that. But right now uh, on paper, I think we have uh, a very potentially a very complete team, depending upon what happens with this quarterback competition. All, yeah. all teams rely on health. Um, you know, one of the things you mentioned, Dante, you know, he's been in the news a little bit about the trash talk. Baker Mayfield said he's been going after Shaq and Dante. I was trying to find this quote, and I could not find it. I thought that uh, somebody may, and I wonder if it's made up at this point, he said he doesn't know if Dante just talks a lot of trash or he just doesn't shut up or something. Like, he's just always (laughs) talking. Uh, I thought that was funny. But um, speaking of Dante today, he got roasted by Brandon Zilstra in practice today. And uh, the... The people were talking about it in the Panthers crit. This is, I tell you, that Kevin Avery man in the four man. I, I said, God, I, all I said was this is I said, Dante looked like he had some lead feet on that one. Not like, I mean, does anybody in this room think that Dante is slow? No. No, no. he's like the fastest dude on the team almost, you know? So it's not like he's like, yeah. oh, that's how DBs always look in training camp. 
And then the Brady Christensen play goes up and he goes, that's a hold right there. 15 yards. No. And I was, I just wanted to write. That's how they always look at training camp. You should have. What Bro. I've learned is, is that we have a few players on our team uh, that are very controversial and very divisive. And I found out the hard way that Dante Jackson is one of them. Uh, he is, he's a player that people either love, or they think that he is vastly overrated. Really, um, I, I yeah, don't I, think that. I'm a love. I'm a Dante Jackson lover. I think is I think that um, he's a guy who is explosive. Who's a ball hawk, um, and there has been some questions about his durability in the last couple of years. You know, you, last year, last week, we had somebody on the show, and their name was Dante's Toe, which is a great name, you know, and stuff like this. <laughs> um, but so I don't think so. I think he plays. I mean, what was he a second round pick? I think he's been good. He made a second contract. You know. By the way, this is the best line left tackle play I've seen in a while. I, I, so many people were saying holding. This is this is textbook when you're going against the speed rusher like that. That is textbook left tackle play. I don't know about you, Cody, but that looked great to me. I think it looked great as well. Um, and I wanted to get into this because this has been a a big topic of conversation and it's the left tackle position. You don't and think that is uh, that arm around the back? No, is a it's not. Bit? He's pushing like, watch this. He's, he's pushing the guy and then that allows the quarterback to step up in the pocket. When you yeah. have a speed rusher, like Brian Burns, that is exactly how you play the left tackle position. You can't, you know you what? Can't just if he had longer him. arms though, if he had longer arms, but he this is my problem. Had, it wouldn't have been a hold. I'm so glad that you brought this up, right? Because now everyone is flipping their lid that Kim Aquanu is getting le- uh, left tackle reps on the second team. And this pisses me off too. But it's not because they're not playing him first team reps at left tackle. It's because why not maximize your talent and put Kim Aquanu at left guard? Like Matt Rule continues to do this thing where all rookies have to prove themselves. And they right. have to sit, and they have to sit a year, and they have to battle for time. And I, I'm sorry, man, but it's it continuously pisses Derek me Brown off didn't about Derek Matt Brown Rook. didn't do. Okay, so then let me be more specific because you're right about that. Derek Brown didn't, and neither did Jeremy Chin, and neither did a bunch of other defensive neither did players. JC Horn. The question Horn, is, right. hold on. the The question isn't about now. I agree, but that that would that would be. Uh, a valid point, but I don't recall what it was like in training camp for those guys. Like, I really don't remember. I don't know. I can't remember. I, I, I do you recall were they taking reps with the ones or were they yeah. immediately up there? Yeah, like, I don't know. Well, That's but, a great question also, is like, are we not remembering it as well as, as clearly as we want? No, I don't really, but, I'm not worried about this Aquano thing, but go ahead, Cody. I, I, I am, because to me, and uh, I think it does point to a very specific problem. Matt Rule is not comfortable playing rookie offensive players. Right. And I personally think that it's a detriment to our football team. Look at he how didn't have a problem Brady playing Chuba. And, but, but again, though, it's like when Matt Rule decides to do it, it, it is an issue. All last year, we were shouting at the top of our lungs to give Brady Christensen more left tackle reps. And they refused to do it in favor of Cam Irving. Oh, because oh, Brady needs more time. He's going to be a real good football player and blah, blah, blah. And then all this stuff about short arms 
that from jump, all of us knew was bullshit. And now they're finally giving Brady Christensen left tackle reps. And now you're having a Kim Kwanu on the bench when your first team is out there. If, if a Kim Kwanu is going to be a part of your offensive line, don't you want them to start to build up that chemistry that takes so long to build on an offensive line? I think that's incredibly nah, important. I don't and have last a problem thing, with this. My last thing, I think that Matt Rule is dicking around too long by choosing to not play our rookies, and ultimately he's putting us in a position to hurt ourselves down the road. I, I would, believe that. And I'll make a point after you, uh, Tony, after you respond to that. I know you have something to say. Well, I just uh, I don't know if I really am going to be too upset upon this one. Is that I think that maybe that James Campen came in and said, let's see more of this. That could be one thing. Maybe he's leaning a little bit on his expertise and saying, maybe you shouldn't be so crazy about this arm thing that you've been. Um, I think that one, one of the things is, is that, that they feel more comfortable that they have guards, right? Is that uh, there's more players on this team that can play guard. So you really want to learn what you have at tackle with these guys and trying to develop them. And then the last is I heard Jim Zoki saying, don't make too much out of this is that like, you wouldn't be surprised if they really are just trying to figure this out. And all of a sudden a Kim is running with the ones when we start the season or late in training camp. And then where does Brady play? Cause that's, well, you know what? Some people are worried that, uh, well that now that's the thing is this is maybe, maybe Brady Christensen turns out to be, just a backup swing tackle. And I know that like, you don't love that, that idea, dude, but that pisses me off to the very fiber of my fucking being dude. And, and, and this is why, because then you're saying that only Brady Christensen can be on the field or only a Kim Aquano can be on the field. And dude, to me, that is just a, dumb as hell. Brady Christensen and a Kim Aquano need to be on this offensive line at the same time. They are both versatile enough to do it. I, I think if you're going to put one on the bench in favor of the other, and then on top of that, put Michael Jordan or Pat Elflin in front of them, dude, that's criminal, in my opinion. And I, I it is such a good thing, though. This is such a good thing, though, is that like last year we were going with Cam Irvin or nothing. So this is kind of like a better problem. Go ahead, CK. I know you had something. Yeah, I mean, so that brings up another point for me, though. Like, I know that we want there to be a quarterback competition, right? But at what point does this splitting the reps with our ones causing a problem for whatever quarterback ends up being the starter, right? Can we not just make a decision on the guy we think is going to be the starter and then let him get those reps in? I'm not saying like, like I just this back and forth. I feel like it's it. I don't know how often that comes out as being a positive I agree. For, this a, is a good point. for a quarterback in the, in the long run. Right. I, I wanted there to be a competition at some, to some degree, not necessarily between Baker and, and Sam Darnold, but like Cody said with Matt Corral, I wanted him. And honestly, there's a discussion to be had about Matt Corral and the way he looks. I think he is going to be a great quarterback just on what he looks like in the, some of the throws he's making, some of the ways he's 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 showing up on this on this team. Do I think it's going to happen this year? Probably not, but I think it is something that will develop into a positive thing. But nonetheless, I just I I feel like 
I know we're only a week into training camp, but I think we need to have a decision soon about who you're going with. It cannot continue down this avenue of we're splitting the reps between Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield because number one, like how much of that, how often, like let's let's talk about this. Every single person that's on this offense that has had the interview had to interview, what have the reporters number one questions been about? Baker Mayfield um, and Sam Darnold, that competition. Right. That has been the number one question they've had to answer. You don't think that shit's a distraction? Do you think? Well, yeah, I got to let's go ahead and we'll kind of again. Another controversial thing here is that let's talk about this quarterback issue. Um, Sam Darnold started with the ones. They're doing this flip floppity thing, as old Cam Newton would say. Uh, We flip floppity on Monday. Then we flip floppity on Tuesday and then we flip floppity together on Wednesday. So tomorrow you'll get to see them rotating. Um, and the and you know this goes back to a story I put up on carolinacatchronicles.com and said the Panthers would be wise to just go ahead and release Sam Darnold. But I'm wondering if this is is it truly a competition? Is it letting uh, is it easing Baker in there without having to put too much fan pressure on him in a way and like so it sounds like he's just winning the job or something. And then third is that is there any effort to hope that Sam Darnold shows anything? to maybe you can get some sort of trade bait for like a six. There's, you the know, like, is at the end of the day, not. we got like a fourth or fifth round pick for Taylor Heineke. Right. Like <laughs> right now is, I don't even know. I mean, like what I would say is this, can we trade him for a pick and just take his entire salary? Right. Like, you know the- what I'm saying? Like, I'll give them to you. You give us a, a fifth round pick. And we'll pay the whole fucking bill. No, there's not a single person on the planet that's going to do that. Because Why? he would be a free backup quarterback. It, it, but again, that's that's uh, it wouldn't be free because you're getting rid of a draft pick, right? Like right now, the whole point with the Taylor Heineke. Let's talk about that, right? Taylor Heineke didn't have three, four, three or four seasons of being a bottom two quarterback in the league, like with no evidence of getting better. Right, Sam Donald hasn't had any evidence that he's getting better as a quarterback. It's just the reality of it. Now, do I think it's possible? Sure. Do I think he's going to be a, a competent starter in this league? No, I think that he could be a very good backup. But I don't think that like that part is the part of it. Right? Uh, the, you don't trade away assets for a backup. You know, QB that has been proven to be a bottom tier QB that hasn't done anything in this league, but lose his lose the have losing seasons in this in this in this uh in this league so i don't think that that makes a lot of sense to put i don't think that there's anybody who's looking at this training camp being like oh these guys are incredible because the reality is every single quarterback that they're putting like when they put these highlights on on film are going to be looking incredible in training camp right well you know who hasn't is sam darnold cody the um they put the pads on they were trying to talk all last week. It was like Baker Mayfield threw a pick. Oh, Baker May. There was no oh Sam Darnold dealing out there. It was like Sam Darnold checking it down a lot, taking it underneath. Fump- they put the pads on. Sam Darnold starts fumbling and wet and just f- falls off to the side. And Baker Mayfield yesterday and today is taking over, my friend. He's taking over. Yeah, he truly has taken over. 
This is the clip that set internet on fire. Baker Mayfield to Robbie Anderson. Uh, how how funny would it be if those two became best friends uh, this season and uh, Baker Mayfield's preferred target? Uh, but yeah, look, this is a bomb by Baker. Perfect placement. Look at that. Right, wow, out, dude. right out in front of him where only Robbie Anderson can get it. Um, it was and a that's great pass. That's the story, though, is not even yet last week when he was turning the ball over occasionally is the propensity to push the ball down the field rather than just being scared. And like as the game slows down, as he gets better used to the playbook. So, Cody, are you softening your bottom for Baker bottom? No, dude. Are you kidding me? The Panthers went three games last season undefeated to start the year with Sam Darnold. And I'm supposed to start. He didn't even throw a touchdown. Like he just rushed for a touchdown. I am not going to say that this isn't hopeful, that this isn't what we want to see. It absolutely is. I want to see these kind of plays being made by Baker Mayfield dropping dimes in the bucket. Okay. But I mean, as of right now, he hasn't earned anything. And I want to see him improve it even more. I do think it's a step in the right direction. And I think Matt Rule lied to us. There is no competition. I this told you ba- there wasn't. I told you there wasn't. Baker Mayfield's team. Baker Mayfield is the starter. And I'll agree with what CK was saying. Every single day that they split reps between Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, like now you're just wasting time. You're just wasting preparation time for Baker Mayfield to continue to learn the offense, get into rhythm, and and actually be the starter. Uh, Or wasting time for uh, your boy, Matt Corral. Maybe that's the thing that we should really is that if if he if this is Baker, we're giving you know we think that Baker is obviously going to get the job. He's winning the job. Right. The uh, the real point of my story of the Panthers would be wise to cut Sam Darnold was less about Baker Mayfield and more about giving Matt Corral the opportunity right. to be prepared for the moment if he does get it. Because, like, think about this. If Sam, if Baker Mayfield, for some reason, broke his leg in week two, do you really think that you're going to bring in Sam Darnold and he's going to get you eight, nine wins? Nobody really thinks that. So you might as well at that point bring in the young stud and hope that you catch lightning in the bottle and you get to find the future by accident or not by accident, but quicker than you expected. Sam Darnold's just going to get everybody fired. Yeah. Uh, look, do, do you know, I don't, I have no disagreements. I mean, if, if Sam could be out the door tomorrow uh, I would love that. I think that is a shorter bridge to Matt Corral. And I do want to take a moment to talk about Matt Corral. Oh, boy. Matt Corral got promise, everybody hype. I promise we're not going to move away from Baker. Uh, we'll continue to talk Baker. I mean, we're going to be talking Baker all year. But really, this is going to be the most that we're actually going to be able to get to see of Matt Corral. It's the right. training camp stuff and the preseason stuff. So, dude, we're, hey, us Matt Corral fans, we're going to enjoy this content while we got it. And first, before I start the clip, let's just say, let's catch up a little bit. Matt Corral has been the first person out to training camp literally every single day. 
I think the second day, one of the running backs was first, but he was always the first quarterback out on the field. He loves to go out, uh, get his stretches in, and really try and flexing up and loosen up. I love this young man, dude. He's such a badass. I love the energy that he has. But this is the clip that made everybody say, oh, okay. Matt Corral has some placement. Matt Corral has some athleticism. All the quarterbacks were going through these drills, going through the bags, dart to the sideline. Oh, one-handed catch. Toss it back. Sideline. Bucket. Boom. Switch. Matt Corral making the fans go crazy, man. Uh Listen, I, I'm so. He also I'm hit so, that other net, the the like they were just throwing this like four times in a row or something, like in the back of yeah. the end zone. Um, look, as we I gave Matt Corral a ton of praise on the Friday free for all, Cody, about a lot of that. One of the things is this: is that look, is that being the first guy on the practice field doesn't mean everything, and it may not mean anything, but like you can't say that it's the worst decision. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, well, let's not fault people for doing the right thing. So he's out there. He's doing that. He goes into that presser the day before camp starts. And he says, I want to win the starting job. Not saying that I will not trying to big, you know, a big time people or nothing like that, mm-hmm. but not saying I'm just going to shrink into the background, you know, and let these guys, and I'm just going to wait my, t- wait for my time. So he's doing this, like, and then on top of that, he said this is like he goes out there, and while they're right where they're saying the cadence, they're doing the checks, he's doing that. Somebody commented that he's doing that on the sideline when he's not doing the play. He said now he's going through the whole script, even when it's not his. So the kid's doing all the right things. Yeah. So yeah. let's not I mean, fault him for any of that. For you don't oh, ever fault sure. anybody for doing the right thing. He's not, sure. he's, yeah, you don't, you don't fault him. Um, I, I think the biggest thing is it's it's easy it's easy to look the part before you have to be in the part. You know what I mean? Like before, it, it's easy to look like you're the guy without having to be the guy. I think you know he can be the first one out there, but we won't know what he's able to do until he actually is able to get on the field. Um, and he's able to get substantial amount of work in with with uh, you know top tier talent uh, on this team. Right now, he's not going to get that. He's not going to get that this year. Um, it depended upon how this year goes. He may not get that even next year, right? Uh, at this point in time, I think Matt Corral looks really good. I love the I, – it's it's hard to look at him throw the ball and think that he isn't going to be a great quarterback. He's got such an incredible release, and the way that that ball comes out is just – it's clean. Like, there's no other way to describe it. It's legitimately one of the quickest releases I've ever seen in my life. I mean, legit. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's like so quick that one of my friends thinks it looks funny. And I was no, like, no, it's just like so year? direct. But yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah, exactly dude, like his he has like a like, crazy, <laughs> dude, he has like a crazy rookie of the year type throwing motion. For those of you who've never seen that movie, a kid falls on his arm one day and now he has this crazy pitching motion. He plays for the Cubs. I, but, dude, I, I'm, I'm so excited. Um, about Matt Corral. I think that he just has such a bright future for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, It's to the point where it's like I'm frustrated, again, that he doesn't have a legitimate opportunity to compete for that starting job. I I think that he would probably be 
a lot farther along than than people think. I did want to share um, the thoughts of one Steve Smith and what he had to say about Matt Corral. Impressing me. So Matt Corral, impressing me. Man, I'm just an out-of-shape old football player that used to play, <laughs> right? But at the end of the day, I know ball, and I know a good player when I see him, just like I know a bad player when I see him. Matt Corral is about a year or two away from being a starting quarterback for this Carolina Panthers team. The boy has it. He can play, but he needs to learn. I, I feel like Smith's job now is to kind of uh, run propaganda for the Matt Rule regime. Oh, totally. Oh, dude, now he is a puff in, piece. Now that he's in good uh, with the Panthers. With the Panthers. And by the way, I'm not saying that he's wrong. He might need some time to sit. Uh, but listen, Matt Corral, even in the very few reps that he has gotten, he has been very impressive. You see the athleticism. You see the arm talent. You see the dedication uh, all of the traits that you want from a quarterback, it does feel like Matt Corral is embodying all those things. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm in the middle between you. Like, his look, because I don't really think that he needs to be, uh, like, really trying for the starting quarterback position. Um, I think that it's fine to take that, like, what Smitty's saying. I think the problem for me, though, or not a problem is this, is that there's Sam Darnold has done nothing at this point you haven't heard any praise about his play or anything about how he's looking like a confident dude out there or anything to that effect. For me, I understand the Baker Mayfield experiment, not even experiment, the Baker Mayfield move and the Matt Corral behind him. It just makes more sense to me. It's the, it's the Sam Darnold thing. That's just making um, for me, Matt Corral. I don't need him working with the ones but I need him just getting more reps, period. You know, and like now they're splitting him down the road. So look, is a big praise though for Matt Corral. And that's big praise from Steve Smith, who is he's not nice to everybody, dude. He is not I mean, he has softened a little bit, uh, because now he said DJ Moore is the most underrated receiver in the league. That was another one. So uh, cool stuff. I want to thank everybody who's tuning into the chat room right now or into the show. There's 219 people watching right now. You can call into the show at 252-228-1598. That's 252-228-1598. We'd love to hear what you thought, your thoughts about uh, Baker Mayfield, Matt Corral, Sam Darnold. In uh, that competition, is the competition real? That's a question we asked a few weeks ago. Is that is the competition real at all or is it just farcical? What do you think about Brady Christensen, uh, Iki Aquano, and Michael Jordan, and all of these guys, uh, how they're going to fit on this offensive line? We want to know what you're thinking about in this training camp. You can support the show by smashing the thumbs up button, subscribing, man. We're almost at 4,000 subscribers. And the best part about our subscribers, they ain't fake subscribers. We get 4,000 subscribers and 3,999 of them watch the show each week. It's fantastic. We appreciate you guys. And it really makes it exciting uh, for me to get up here and talk with you guys about football when we know that there's other people out there who are ready to have that conversation with us. Cody, what's next up on the agenda? I guess it's more Baker. Yeah, I mean, really, I wanted to kind of continue the discussion about Baker Mayfield. Um, He has started to look better in training camp. 
Uh, again, he had some uh, early on in practice. He had some throws that were a little bit inerrant. You know, again, this is he's very new to this football team. And we understand that. We know that. But now it does kind of seem like it is starting to pick up a rhythm. Um, and something else that I will admit that I do like about the the training camps now that Baker is a part of them uh, is the trash talk is back. Mm-hmm. I feel like this was a staple of Panthers training camp back in the day with uh, Thomas Davis and, and Cam Newton and, and Josh Norman. And that was a big part of it. And uh, I feel like that is now starting to come back now that we do have Baker Mayfield. Uh, he was asked about uh, targeting uh, Dante Jackson and Shaq Thompson uh, by texting them and uh, just the trash talk in general. Uh, this is what Baker had to you say. Go the head. <laughs> you don't pick out the weak links. You go straight for the head. <laughs> so Baker likes to play the mind games, man. He likes to talk to the defense. He loves to get in their head. Um, look, I understand why people really like this guy. I do. I understand. I I do think that he has a very good opportunity in front of him to prove a lot of doubters wrong. Uh, we'll see if he's able to do it. Like I said, I have my reservations. Um, everyone's ready to kind of crown him the king, I feel like. I'm not at that point yet. And it might take a while before I get to that point. But mm-hmm. I'll say this. Baker Mayfield is moving in the right direction. And he is certainly providing that bravado, that oomph that I feel like the Panthers definitely didn't have with Sam Darnold as their quarterback. Are you ready to soften your number, Cody? No. Do you remember what it is? What? uh, How many games before I want to resign? No. uh, I said to you, what would it take for you to want a Baker Mayfield jersey? We have a deal. We have a deal like yeah, for the get how many games would it take? Uh I'm I'm gonna buy you one if he wins seven. The chat's gonna buy you one if he wins ten. And then you said you would buy one and wear it if you had forty five touchdowns. <laughs> that was the number. Yeah. Forty five come on, are you ready to soften that a little? No, and more importantly, uh, if you look at uh, uh, what was it a year or two ago? Where the 49ers they went to the NFC Championship game with Jimmy Garoppolo, and they're still moving on to Trey Lance. I'm all but he about had probably like 18 touchdowns. Not no damn, you know, my man said, All 40. I'm saying is that I am down with Baker Mayfield for this year. Uh, but I believe Matt Corral is the future, and I'm looking forward to okay. that. It would have to take a lot for me to want Baker to continue. Uh, being the long-term quarterback. But, again, if he proves it, then I'll say I'm wrong. Uh, But, no, right now, I remain the same, man. I think that this year the Panthers are going to be a better team. I think that Baker Mayfield is going to take a step forward. But I think he's another bridge until Matt Corral. What what do you think the odds are that uh, Baker is the comeback player of the year? Hmm. It depends on Christian McCaffrey. Do you feel? Yeah, that's true. Do you feel like it is more like because that is mainly reserved for people who were injured, right? 
Yeah, I don't uh, think it's yeah. usually like players who stunk, and I don't think they try to embarrass them like that. You know, yeah, it's like you were stinking players. Like if you had an injury, or I mean, I guess Baker could Baker could fall into that category, I suppose. But if if Baker were to play well enough to where he got comeback player of the year, and he looked this twenty two, you know, the, or, I'm sorry, his two thousand and twenty uh, had his twenty two thousand and twenty type season. Is that worthy enough for you to want to have Baker Mayfield be the guy moving forward? No. Really? Yeah. That was that was like top 10 level quarterback play. I feel like it's still mid-tier. I feel like that was the product of a really good team around him, and he was able to do enough, and it is able to win. Uh, but I think that he's not the guy that puts you over the edge. And I feel like Matt Corral, he has not proven that yet, obviously. But I believe he does have the potential to be that. And by the way, if Baker can do that, then yeah, I'm all for it. But he has to prove that he can do that before I'm willing to say that, yeah, he's the guy that I want to be leading the Carolina Panthers for the next how many years, you know? But, but I need what to see about a big time step up? Right. But let's say he does. I mean, because anything, like, let's be real about it. His 2020, you know, stats and the way he performed in 2020 would be a big step up from last year, right? So, uh, you know, right. Uh, Well, I mean, as, as a whole for him, right. If he can, if he can come in here learning a new system again, a completely new host of, you know, weapons, and he's able to perform at a high level, uh, then even if he's listed as a a top 10 quarterback, right. uh, You know, by the end of the year, right. Do you really believe that it makes more sense to roll the dice on Matt Corral than it is to go forward with a guy like Baker Mayfield, who has been proven to be able to do it? on three different occasions in five years? Well, then you're probably talking about the franchise tag, right? If if he does do something like that, then I think the franchise tag is probably an option. The question is, would Baker even want to sign a right. franchise tag? By the way, that's why I was opposed to this whole thing. Yes, he would. He can't, he would not have the, he doesn't have the factor, like the it to to sit out. You know what I'm so saying? a 2020 you, type of season doesn't give him that kind of leverage? Not to say I'm going to sit out a year and somebody else will pick me up after a year. Because that's what you have to do is you have to say, I'm going to sit out. I'm going to ruin your season. And you're either going to give just, me a cut. Yeah. Not after just um, taking a pay cut, too. Yeah. And the other thing is this, is how is Baker Mayfield going to get comeback player of the year when Deshaun Watson's going to get it? <laughs> and he's actually going to come oh, on no. your back. I was about to say, just oh. come back, not come on back. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, hey, all right. Can uh, we go to the next call? Yeah. Let's, Get let's back into the cat food. calls. The number is 252-228-5098 when you want to hear your Sorry, thoughts Sorry, kids, on by this. the way. I know, I know. But you know what? That's like actually. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Actually, I said that to someone <laughs> earlier today. Uh, and you guys cover me on this call, please. Yep. Hey boys, uh, Baby Rhino here. Uh, Baby Rhino. Afternoon. Hopefully you guys were getting prepped for your show tonight. Um, so yeah, I just uh, a couple things here. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed so far in the trading camp process and the lack of coverage. Um, I know they've got rules and whatnot. Um, just not finding much out there to see how things look. Um, however, I did stumble across uh, some highlights of uh, some of the drills Matt Corral was was, uh, was doing and uh, a lot of 
positive uh, out of that, uh, such as throwing in the net and whatnot. Um, curious to know if you guys uh, have a certain uh, certain place that you guys go to get your content as far as training camp coverage. Um, but other than that, uh, I'm not really worried about how they're doing the offensive line or anything like that. Um, quarterback remains a topic of discussion, but really not worried about that as well. Um, you guys keep doing what you're doing. Everybody hit this like, thumbs up button, um, and keep pounding. Keep pounding. Yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, I, I think looking at this at this entire team yeah. right now, CK, you know, uh, there's a lot of moving parts. Right. You know, we're obviously talking about this quarterback competition. He mentioned the offensive line there as well. You know, I'm I'm just wondering, like, truly what's real? And that that's what I think is what's most frustrating about right. Matt Rule is that so many times in his press conference and through his words, he will say one thing, and then through his actions, we kind of see another. Um, that's kind of what worries me at the moment with him. Right. Um, you know, I'm there. I, I always feel like there is enough talent on the Carolina Panthers for us to be a highly successful, highly competitive football team. Mm-hmm. But it's just our leadership that always kind of leaves me questioning and worrying about whether or not we're going to get our our be able to uh, do it our again. hopes. Yeah, just pulled out from under us again. Yeah. No. I mean. It, it... <sighs> I think that's been the question for, you know, far too often. And and that's why I think we're really hungry for, uh, you know, we've been waiting for that core. I mean, that, that let's be real. We've been waiting for a coach that we feel like is going to be a decade long coach. And we thought we had it in Ron Rivera. We didn't. Um, we, we were hoping that Matt rule was going to be that guy. He's clearly not, or at least he hasn't shown that he is yet. Um, and I think that's also uh, a, 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 a byproduct of us wanting a, a good quarterback as well. Obviously, we want to see the good quarterback play, but we want to have that leader who's able to, you know, be a leader who's able to to win over this locker room and be a a, a, a staple as we, you know, as far as leadership goes for this team. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think I'm 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 just I'm too tired of this constant run for trying to, uh, you know, chase after a good coach and a co- good quarterback at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. You want to do the next call, Tony? Let's go. What's going on, y'all, Panther family? It's your boy Jay Lay coming to you from Honolulu on vacation. Jay Wow. Just wanted to get y'all's uh, ideas on how y'all felt with uh, Baker Mayfield showing out the first day Pepper shows up for practice. And I wanted to see how y'all felt about how much pull Pepper has in this quarterback competition. Does he solely leave it up to Matt Rule and the coaches? Does he go into the meeting room and say, hey, I like this guy. I like the swag he has about him. Let's give him a shot. I wanted to see what y'all thought about that. Let me know. Mokalakihiki. Hey, man. I think that David Tepper, uh, when he hired Matt Rule, he wanted a guy that he would be able to leave all the football decisions to. Um, whether or not he still feels that comfortable about Matt Rule, I don't know. Um, I kind of think that Matt Rule – and Scott Fitterer are the ones that are really pulling the reins of the Panthers organization. I'm sure if David Tepper came in and said, hey, I wanted to see more of this guy or that guy, 
certainly he can make it happen. But um, I just don't know if, like, personnel-wise and during the season, I don't know how heavily involved David Tepper is in the day-to-day runnings of the Carolina Panthers. To be frank, I hope none at all. I mean, based on his actions and the things that he has done and all of the news that has been associated with David Tepper, I don't want him anywhere near making actual football decisions for the Carolina Panthers. He has proven that there is a lot about football that he still doesn't quite know a lot about yet. I mean, and I think that's just the truth. I think fans at this point can, you know, safely say that about David Tepper. Um, I I really do feel like Fitterer over everyone is probably in control of most of the moves that the Panthers are making. And I think Matt Rule is okay with dispersing all of the tasks to basically his commander generals, guys like James Campen on the O-line, Ben McAdoo for our offense, uh, you know, Phil Snow for the defense, and just kind of being the guy to pick up the pieces and, you know, take the credit for it, I guess. I don't know. I I really don't feel like the fingerprint for Matt Rule is quite as big this year as it was even the last two years. I agree. I think it makes sense though, and I think that it's 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 a part of why I think that some of us have been a bit more uh, willing to accept that maybe Matt Rule could be a good coach. Being a coach in the in the NFL, there's things that do find coach. I think a lot has to do with recognition that you are not an expert in all things football, right? Like he wants to, but you cannot. He can be and in the on the college, you can basically know enough about every position to be a good coach. And coach pretty much every position up, right? Um, and coach these guys, but you cannot do that in the NFL. It's all about, and they say it's a game of inches, and it cannot be more true, right? So you need to have these experts. You need to be able to delegate these responsibilities to other people so that you can focus on the things that are really important. And that is the things that are going to be about leadership, the game plan, learning more. Like it's all about delegating. And and I think at this point in time, Matt Rule is starting to learn that. And I think he's fine with letting some of these decisions, like, for instance, the Scott Fitterer with, like, the way the draft goes and all that stuff. I think he's all right with Scott Fitterer taking the credit for that stuff or the blame for some of that stuff, right? Because yeah. it, at this point in time, he's been on an island by himself outside of having uh, having to deal with Marty Herney for the first, you know, year, you know, of his of his, uh, of his of his tenure here. Like last year, everything was on Matt Rule. The first year, everything was on Matt Rule. This is the first year I think that he feels like it's not all on his shoulders anymore. Yeah. Well, I think the best thing about Matt Rule, too, is um, look, I'm not ready to say that Matt Rule can be a a good or great coach. I need to see him just be okay going Mm -hmm. forward. Right. Right now, I'm just interested if he can make it as an NFL coach. Right. But I think you're really on to something, uh, CK, is that he bit off a little bit more than he could chew, mm-hmm. uh, like a lot of college coaches do, uh, coming in thinking that – and this was the whole point that I had with is that it's not the football part that's hard. It's the managing, the personnel, the roster throughout right. the season. You have a smaller roster. How does it all work? What are the rhythms? When do you know who your guys are? When do you know when you need to start looking at talent and developing for next year? When do you get in the trade block and try to do something? And that experience with the rhythm of an NFL season was a problem, Was or at least a challenge or what I was most concerned about, Matt Rule. 
And it wasn't just him. Again, how many shows did we break down? Do you remember that one show we spent like an hour and we went through the whole list of assistant coaches from like the not just the uh, coordinators, but down to the assistant and assistants, the interns and all this. And we looked at their experience and they all had promising things about them, but they had zero NFL experience. And right now, I think the best thing that Matt Rule has done has uh, has admitted that he was wrong on that and yeah. went out and got a full staff of NFL dudes. In fact, uh, Cody, while we play the next call, go ahead. If you can start hunt down that Pascalani. Actually, I might have it. I think I got it saved in my bookmarks right here. I'll share it right now. I think um, the this is... This is so we brought in. How about we brought in Phil Snow's older brother to uh, coach the defensive line? And to me, I think this is right here where you can kind of see that type of experiment, that experience that I was hoping and talking or looking for. Let's see if you guys can hear this. We can't come in here, hit this thing, and not condense the spring. The spring is pretty tight. It takes a good punch to do it. So what we're working on is the violence in the punch and the separation and the weight on the inside of our feet and driving the sledge back. Then we set. So what we got here is this is Paul Pascalone. Pascalone is uh he's 70 something years man this dude's been in the league forever you go and get maybe that's got to do some of the things that you're concerned about with brady christensen and icky aquano is that we got james camp and we got this guy who has been around real nfl offensive lines and had great success in this league my biggest concern is if matt ben mcadoo might die this season that is my concern have you seen pictures uh... of him he looks terrible. Matt Rule looks better. Like, Matt Rule looks healthier. I was worried about Matt Rule. He was so stressed out last year. I know we were part of the reason he was. But, damn, Ben McAdoo looks horrible right now, man. Yeah, he's blown up. But, hey, how about how about this? There are some NFL coaches that are good just being big, fat dudes. You know what I mean? Like I don't care. It's just I'm worried about like a, how about this? Is I need him to live through the season. Oh, you're worried about his I mean, health. You're worried about his Tony. Let's let's look how long Andy Reid's been in this uh, in this league. I mean, we're we're good. Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator for the Ravens, is a big dude too. John yeah, Madden but there's was a difference a big, between. Being I agree with heavy you. Though. Yes. And being, hold on. Let me see if I can pull up this picture. Yeah, we'll go to the next call. I uh, search down. Let's search. Uh, somebody's got to search up some Ben McAdoo awfulness. All right, let's go to the next call. Podcast brothers, how y'all doing? What's up, G? G? What up, G? Hey, man. I know y'all seen the shit during training camp, man. That beautiful bomb by Baker Mayfield, the good old Robbie Anderson. Robbie with an IE. <laughs> Yeah, you talking about you think about retiring and everything, man. That was a good ass damn pass. I know it's just training camp and everything like that, man. Could that be things to come? I don't know, man. And did, and did you see that one interception that then Frankie Louvu got, man? Frankie Louvu might surprise some people, man. I'm telling you, man. Oh yeah, I played with that dude on Madden. You know, I take Jermaine Carter out and I put Frankie Louvu in there, man. And that dude, he's okay, man. 
so we're going to see, man. G- give me your takes on what you saw in training camp and uh, how about Frankie Louvre? Yeah, man. Frankie Louvre had a big, a big uh, interception, right, that people were very excited about. Yeah. It was on Sam, I think. Yeah, this one right here. Oh. I'll play one more time. Frankie Louvre tipping the pass across the middle. Dude, I think Frankie uh, has all pro potential. I mean, this dude flies around the field. He's aggressive. He's fast. He's tough. He's a vocal leader. So he has a little bit of that Thomas Davis in him. Uh, and, you know, I'm not even saying we replace our boy Luke's chant in the chat room or in the stadium, rather. But I'm telling you, it's easier to chant Luvu than it is any other linebacker's name on our roster. Um, I think he's going to do big time things for us this year. And I think that our coaches look at Brandon Smith on our team and they think about him as a very similar kind of player to Frankie Louvu, an aggressive kind of Ooh, outside linebacker. I think linebacker. he's bigger. I think he's going to be bigger and more traditional, super fast. But I'm Frankie's really, I think. He's a big dude too. I don't think so. I think he's yeah, undersized. Yeah, Frankie's like 6'3", 245 or something like that. Oh, is that? Yeah, because they always want to put him on the D-line. Like some weird. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Hassan Remember, Reddick he's going to be our discount Hassan Reddit this year. I do think that uh, that Shaq Thompson being out might be, may be a blessing in disguise for this team, particularly with the questions surrounding uh, linebacker. the linebacker and just getting development that rep reps – particularly I saw a lot of people saying Brandon Smith is running with the ones and the twos at times. Yeah. And that's, that's exciting to hear. Um, And somebody I saw uh, said, um, and I don't know if it was, um, was it, it I mean, I think it may have been Rashad from PNP who said he's our discount uh, Micah Parsons. Yeah. Or I don't That's know who said neat. it, but I think, but like, I, I thought I like that was an interesting kind of comparison right there. All right, let's go to the next call. The number is 252 228 5098. We want to hear your thoughts on this training camp about Baker Mayfield, about Sam Darnold, Matt Corral, this offensive line. Does anybody believe Michael Jordan is going to be more? Well, you know what? Matt Rule thinks he's the brand. What do you guys think? And what else do you want to see? And look, the preseason is right around the corner. Don't we have a game like two days from now? I think the Hall of Fame game is Thursday. Uh, I believe I so, yeah. Two days from now, we get to see the Jaguars and the Raiders and Trevor Lawrence and versus not he's not going to play. Probably. <laughs> All right. Numbers 252-228-5098. Let's go to the next call. What is up, everybody? One guy who we haven't spoken a lot about in the offseason, especially since training camp has started, but we've all shown worry and concern about him, is C.J. Henderson. Now, I don't think he's going to be elite like J.C. Horn very well could be and should be, but he is shown out in practice. You know, he there have been a lot of good things that have been said about him. So I think he might be somebody to watch this season, especially if JT's foot starts giving him issues throughout the season, which I really hope. But, hey, guys, see you all Friday. Keep on. 
keep pounding. I mean, look, I have CJ Henderson um, up on the screen right here. And uh, this was him versus Robbie Anderson. But apparently uh, he was doing this to DJ Moore as well. And this is another thing that we have to remember, guys. CJ Henderson was a top 10 pick or a top 15 pick. I mean, he was uh, up there. This guy was one of the very better players in the draft that he came out in. He Listen, out of all the college film that I watched, when I was watching Jamar Chase for LSU, there was not a single cornerback in all of college football who gave Jamar Chase as much problems as C.J. Henderson did at Florida. This dude is a legitimate baller. And you know what, Tony? I think that he's just a misunderstood dude. I agree. He, he doesn't He doesn't have your typical A-type personality. He's kind of quirky on his own. Yep. He's into some other things besides football. But what we, what no one can do is deny his athletic gifts and his physical talents and what he's capable of doing. And let me tell you, if he turns out to be the shutdown corner that he might end up turning into, that trade that we made for C.J. Henderson, Steel. man, that's making Fitterer looking better and better day by day. Steel, I'm telling you what. Sure. I tell you who misunderstood him was Urban Meyer. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine, you know, is that his personality right away? Is Urban Meyer probably bullied him from day one? Just straight up, like, what are you gonna cry, CJ? You ain't got nothing to say. Uh, your shoulder hurt. I mean, just uh, Urban probably Meyer, probably terrible. It, no wonder he wanted out of that place. Urban Meyer might be like genuinely a big, the biggest douchebag ever. Oh, yeah. with I think there's very little argument for that at this point. Man, Good God. And a lot uh, of people number- were saying if that's what he did as an NFL head coach, imagine what he was able to do oh, as a college head coach. While he's a god at yeah, Ohio where, State yeah, he's wherever, won championships. Florida. He's yeah. the head of the program. Anything he says goes. They're students. Oh, he's like he going into a recruiter a recruit's house and like oh. hitting on their sister, little he's sister. Definitely, <laughs> he's definitely fucking co-eds. Oh, for sure. I've- yeah, I saw a funny thing is uh, somebody said, uh, what do you think if a, what would you think if a college coach came and recruited you and then had took a deuce in your bathroom? <laughs> I thought I just was like, oh, excuse me. I got to hold on a second. Urban Meyer would be that guy. Um, let's go to the next call. 252-228-5098. What's up, Chiefy? Noah here. And, you know, um, it's crazy. Mm. I thought he was actually going to get more than that. I think he deserved more than six games. This oh. young Watson, I mean, crazy. But I think he should have got really, um, I would have said 10. Nah, yeah, 10. But yeah, um, for he did, um, I mean, you don't want to pay somebody, what, 200 $200 million for them to not play game, you know. So, our schedule kind of, yeah, hard. It's hard. You know, we got the, um, um, we got a lot of good teams. I just say that. Super Bowl contending team. Um, and what else? Um, Darnold, 
is actually looking pretty, not that bad, I can say. You know, it's not that bad, but, you know, Baker looks very good. Um, I mean, I don't know if I can say that one video with um, Matt Corral. He, um, it was like a drill, and they had to pick the, they had to make the football in a target. I mean, he hit it spot on. Um, and that's absolutely amazing. That's good. I think he should sit for a little bit, but to let him learn from all the other quarterbacks and then put him in the game and see what he can do. But keep pounding. I'm out. Jeez. Little Noah, man. I'm telling you, Noah's going to take the mantle of C3. Uh, Nick, and no, he's not a grown man. He's a young, he's a young man. He's a young man who knows he's got more sense than about 80% of the world, 90% of the world, more than me at this time. I mean, think about this. He just said this, calls in, weighs in on Deshaun Watson, says, hey, man, it's a light punishment right away. Uh, less games. Where's the money at? That's what I want to say. Where's the money at? No, there's no financial penalty. And that's how you really hurt rich people. Right. And I know that, like, I'm not talking about fake penalties. I'm talking about real ones. You know what I'm saying? Be like $40 million. How about that? We'll take a whole season worth of you. You could do this. As I would have said, you get 10 games in a season's worth of pay. And if you want to fight it, then we'll just suspend you for a season. Uh, on top of that, no, I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously, they can't do a lot of those things. And then he comes out there and says, look, his little uh, man, Matt Corral here, is again did all the right things. I know these are just drills putting in the basket, but the accuracy is uh is a cool thing. Right? And that was actually one of the things that people celebrated about Matt Corral, right? Is that he's an accurate maybe not had to do a ton with going through reads, but was fast, like quick decision making, quick release and accurate with the ball, and he's yeah. shown all those things. That and then some uh, I mean, again, I've I've been such a fan of Matt Corral ever since we drafted him. You know, I've done some more deep dives on his film. Uh, I, I just think that he has something special about him. I hope I'm right. I wanted to show uh, real quick earlier. I mentioned that he has like legit one of the craziest throwing motions that I've ever seen. And like, just look at how compact and how tight the throwing motion is. It's like, zip, dude, like the the way the ball comes out of his hands, the way that he can rotate his hips and, and just zip that ball out. You can see the speed of the ball leaving his hand too. I mean, the guy has the just brings talent. it straight up to his ear, right yeah. to his ear. Boom. Yeah, the dude, the dude has one of the craziest throwing motions that I've ever seen. He's not a very big dude, but he's still able to generate a ton of power, a ton of torque. Um, I, I think the sky is the limit for this guy. Um, I can't wait to see what, what he becomes, man. All right, next call. Hey, guys. Um, there's been a lot of talk, uh, talk about the – uh, secondary, the improved offensive line, and the weapons, and, and the hype around Baker Mayfield. I want to get y'all thoughts about our, our front seven, though. Uh, one of our glaring weaknesses last year was our ability to stop the run, and it feels like we might have gotten worse, per se, 
I just wanted to get uh, your thoughts on that because it seems like no one's really talking about our front seven uh, during training camp. Uh, just been a lot of co- concentration on our secondary and offensive line. Thanks, I, guys, for all you do. Man, thanks for the call and uh, a great question and one that we really not only need to talk about, need to be looking looking at. I think one of the reasons that we're not talking about the offensive and defensive lines, not just us, but the Panthers and things like that, the media is because this is the second day in pads. And I think it's probably you're, you're as a defensive player, you are putting your hands, you're, you're tying one arm behind your back, basically, or, or offensive lineman, defensive lineman, if you're not playing in pads, right? I mean, we, we heard Icky say he was going to be a different man in pads than he is without. So I think that's one question or one thing right there. But we're two days in. We haven't heard a ton. I think they're holding these guys back a lot in some ways. Like, right. It's like, it's all stacked towards a finesse game in training camp. But my last thing is this, is that there was a scare moment today. You've heard names across the league. Uh, ACLs going down. Tim Patrick is out for the season for the Broncos. I saw a guy from the Rams is out. Tristan riffs got hurt today. Uh, they're trying to downplay that injury, but for the Carolina Panthers, a scary moment. YGM goes down. Some people are speculating that it was just cramping, which that definitely is about to happen in Spartanburg. Now they put the pads on. Uh, doesn't sound like it's serious. I haven't heard anything else about it, but YGM is the like that's the question mark about when we talk about this front four is Matt right now, I think we're depending on it to actually work the way it was designed. Brian Burns being a great pass rusher, Derek Brown stepping in as that run stuffer, a guy who is in his third year who has played well. I know people like to dump on him and different things, but I mean, he's been there. He's been available. He's played all the games. Matt Ioannidis, they bring in, they're expecting him to work. That's the guy. I think that really has to work. Maybe not has to work because there might be some depth behind them when it comes to, uh, and I know I always get their names mixed up. There's Big Snack, Phil Hoskins. I think I got it right that time. And then there's Davion Nixon. But you're really looking over to that other side with YGM and Marquise Haynes really holding it down. Uh, YGM, we're interested in it. Like if he could step forward this year, that would be a giant thing for this team. But, Cody, I just have a theory that unless you're the most elite of elite uh, defensive ends, it's year three that you come into your own. So I'm not holding my breath necessarily, even though I was holding my breath today when I heard that he got hurt. Yeah, but, I mean, not everyone follows the same trajectory. And I, sure. I, try, not to, I try not to judge guys based off of what other men who came before them couldn't do. I'd like to give them a fresh slate. I think this guy has been working for the past two years to prove himself and get an opportunity to continue yeah. to prove himself. And this is a big year for YGM. And the fact that the Panthers didn't sign Carlos Dunlap even more makes it on him and guys like uh, uh, you know Marquise Haynes to be able to step in that role and, and fill in. Because as of right now, that right side of the defensive line, uh, it's it doesn't look as good this year as it did last year. Right. Um. Uh, you know, when when the son Reddick is no longer on the team, and he accounts for a large you know portion of your sack production, 
it, it's hard to say that we're just going to be able to replicate that. Um, I'm hoping that with Corey Littleton, and now you have Brandon Smith getting some reps with the ones and twos, if our defensive front seven, specifically at the linebacker position, can take a step forward this year, I'm hoping or even play kind of, or yeah, up to the level kind of they did last year, to be honest. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if we're not as quite as beefy and as bulky and strong on the right side of that line, um, if they can cut off the edge and really, you know, hold up against the run and stop things bouncing from the outside and play downhill. Yeah. I think our front seven ought to be nightmare fuel this year. But to me, the biggest thing that I'm waiting for is for Brian Burns to have his superstar year. And Brian Burns has been really good. And he was, you know, he played his best football last year. But we need to see him take another step forward. I mean, that guy could have had 15 or 16 sacks last year if he would just had a better ability to wrap up and finish on some of those sacks. Um, hopefully, if he does that this year, then Brian Burns, you know, we're saying Hassan who? But Brian Burns might be the only pass rusher that we need coming off the edge and someone adequate on the opposite side. Do you think the Dunlap uh, not signing him, you know, you heard some things and some questions about uh, like the meeting went well. It didn't sound like the money was the issue. Some people suggested that he wanted more assurances that he was going to get playing time. Do you, one of the things that this Matt Rule era, uh, era has brought in has been the young fast defense and i wonder if that um rule and them are just like more interested in having younger players than they are in having done that i mean i wonder if that is like is like yes you do bring that to us but we want to stay young and fast yeah i, I mean i don't know that dunlap was slow I just think no, no, but he's thirty three or something like that. What I'm right. just, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying slow. It's just I like, think Dunlap chose the Super Bowl contender over us. Yeah. that's what I think. Okay, all right. Next call. Hello, I would like to address the true quarterback controversy in Carolina and asking the question: Which quarterback is the most attractive? Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> The most oh. attractive. It's got to be Matt Corral. Yeah, right dude, Matt Corral. That's how you tie you, boy. Let's go. And he has that mix. He's Mexican and Italian. Man, you know he could make make mm. some damn good food. Come on. Now it's in his blood. This Got guy has olive. it all, man. Just give that boy some olive oil in his hair. And, you know, that's what we do. That's and you know what, what I thought? And I think you would agree with this, Tony. He needs to let his hair drop. Doesn't no. he? No, yeah, keep it clean, boy, know. right now. No, dude, let the hair drop. Become the Rico Suave. Dude, dude, that he'd be like Samson. The, his power would be in his hair, man. That would be the best. Matt Corral As people would have great hair, hair, I understand. But right now, uh, I could not imagine putting a helmet on with the long hair and all of that. It would drive me nutso. I don't even know how them guys do it. I would just shave my head if I was playing football all the time. But uh, there's no, no pause it's, on this show. No pause at all. We keep going. We like it this way. It's easily, easily Matt Corral as yeah. the best looking quarterback at this point. I mean, there's an argument for Baker Mayfield. 
to be fair. I was about to say, you know, what the goofy gap tooth, like it's like kind of like it's like endearing, you know, it's like kind of like the stray hand, it's the what the Jennifer Garner nose before she got the nose job. Tony, I think you might be, uh, I think you might be a bit wrong on that front, dude. I think uh, Baker Mayfield is uh, widely seen as a pretty attractive uh, guy, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. I think he kind of looks like. Uh, I would ask I the know. chat room, but it's. A I tell you who is the least there. attractive is Sam Darnold. He looks like a. Oh, just poor a, Sam. I'm, poor I'm trying Sam. to. I wanted to say some things, but I'm not trying to pile on to that guy. That dude's got. I know. So, it's just his eyes. He's just like. Hey, hey, like it's just crazy eyes, right? Crazy eyes. We'll have to ask the ladies what they think. Who's the best looking quarterback? Because I tell you, the best looking quarterback ain't on the damn team. It's Cam Newton, baby. Mm. Oh, shit. oh, next call. Next oh, y'all gonna be surprised when they you sound like you're talking to a speaking spell, bro. You have to call back. I thought it was my stuff, but no, it's not. All right, let's go to the next call. Hey, guys, this is uh, Jedi Jor. Uh, I'm going to try to make this quick. Uh, so I've been listening to, um, you know, local sports talk, uh, in particular Kyle Bailey. And he's been uh, ranting about, you know, a lot of different fans who, you know, don't want to see the team really do anything this year just so, you know, <laughs> that Matt will get fired. And I had to do a little soul searching because, you know, I've I've found myself being like, you know, I don't want to see this team win 10 games, make the playoffs and get knocked out of the first round and then just see it go right back again with Matt Rule. And I really had to, like, think about, you know, all right, we know that the players play the game and the coaches coach, and not all the time the coach is responsible for winning. Um, that's whatever percentage you want to put onto that. So I looked back in the last 10 years of coaches um, that actually won the Super Bowl because, you know, that's the goal of, you know, all of this and, and fandom in general is, you know, you want to win the Super Bowl. So over the last 10 years, we have uh, Sean McVay, who's probably like a big, you know, he's regarded as like one of the biggest sports minds today. We have Bruce Arians, kind of a mid-coach. He had Tom Brady on his team, though, so he kind of counts as a coach as well. Then you get Bill Belichick, um, Andy Reid, Bill Belichick a couple of times. I had to go back to 2017, we had Doug Penderson who you can say is kind of a mid-coach. And then, of course, 2015, Gary Kubiak. Gary Kubiak had to be, like, the least successful coach that I could think of that could, that won a Super Bowl. Probably in even the last 20 years. I just did the last 10 years. But, um, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. It's the dog days of summer. We're trying to get Thompson out here. What is the worst coach that's won? A Super Bowl. You know, we always get in, we get involved in this conversation as the mid-level quarterback, right? You think of Flacco, you think of basically every Baltimore Raven quarterback that's run one at Trent Dilfer. Think of who was the guy for, um, I mean, there's Nick Foles. There is, 
Um, who's the guy that under Gruden for Tampa Bay? Uh, Gannon or something? Yeah, Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon. I wonder well, I, if, how about, how about is, John Gruden? Is, is, is like, John? That's what I was just going to ask. Is he a good coach? Well, I mean, I don't think he just only now. he got traded. Do you remember he got traded from? Well, you weren't even, but he got traded from the Raiders to. The Bucks, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I know. And then that. he took over like a super squad built by Tony Dungy. Yeah, and I mean, he just had a great. I wonder who the worst. I th- right now it's got to be Gary Kubiak so far. Yeah, probably Gary Kubiak. At least in the time that I've been like super watching football. Um, I don't know. I, I I tell you what. Yeah, hit us like, up. Who's the worst coach to win a Super Bowl? And, and look, and I think this is what some people were using to make the case for Matt Rule, uh, Zach Taylor for the Bengals for two years prior uh, to their Super Bowl season last year. They also did not look good at all. They had worse records than the Panthers did, and with Matt Rule the past two years, so. You know, I uh, I think that maybe if he would have won, he would have been in that conversation too. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. I think really time will kind of tell what kind of coach you are. You know, just recently, uh, Tim Estes put uh, Doug Peterson, and he's Which only he meant, one. That's who he meant in the call. He said Henderson, but that's who he meant was in 2017. Yeah, Doug, yeah and may, maybe Doug Peterson is the answer. Uh, I don't think I, so. I think he's been a, a very good coach in a very short window. He came as coach in high school yep. and then went, goes and wins a Super Bowl. We'll see what he does with Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence might surprise some people this year, man. Apparently he's looking really good mm. in training camp, man. I'm just saying. I well, man, I feel like the Eagles threw Peterson under the bus too quick. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see yeah. what he does with the Jags. I, I always thought I thought his squad worked very well with uh the eagles but maybe i'm wrong who else trying to think of anybody else that would be a good example all right the number is 252-228-5098 hey guys it's the girl that makes them howl aka joey the blind panther and i wanted to call and ask you guys a question and i was thinking about this for a while is there a team that's on our schedule that people aren't afraid of, but maybe they should be. Because I I have two. My first one is the Indianapolis Colts. And the reason that is is because um, we've got Matt Ryan on that team and he has, he I think he's gonna follow that trend that you've been seeing with uh we don't Brady play the Colts about uh the Super Bowl because he left the Falcons, which we know them. We know what they're up to, which is not really basically no good. So uh he's on a much better team, he's got much better surrounding talent, he's got proven coaches the front office up there knows what they're doing that team could do something this year and the other one is the Giants and the only reason I say the Giants is 
In this one, I think we probably will win. But the Giants aren't going to be a pushover. They did bring in a new coach, a new GM. They had a really good draft. They they uh, upgraded their offensive line like we did. So uh, they're making some moves. They're trying to get better. And they already beat our asses 25-3 to 3 last year, but I think that had more to do with us than them. So uh, I just want to know what you guys' thoughts are on that, and I won't leave you hanging any longer. I know what you want to hear. Wow, wow, wow. It gets better every week. It does. Like, Once I mean, you do it so many times, practicing. you master it. Um. I well, I don't. We don't play the Colts, even though yeah. I really think the Colts are going to be good this year. Um, you know who it is? Is I'm going to go with this: the team that is going to be better than people are thinking is the Ravens, and not because people are, you know, like they're just going to say there's no talent on offense. They had so many um, injuries last year. And Lamar Jackson is is hard, is going to be, you know, he is Lamar. He's really good. And people don't think he's really good anymore because it's been one year removed from him being, what, MVP or something like that. Um, yeah. And Jimbo Harbaugh is a great coach. So, like, yeah. I don't feel like the Ravens are – it is uh, – for me, it is the Ravens. And and I, I think people – do you guys – I'm assuming that most people think that the Broncos are going to be good. Yeah, because yeah. of Russell. And normally that's what happens. You know, they had a history of whenever you bring on a quarterback. Um, they, uh, you know, they did it with Peyton. Uh, they were able to kind of do that. So I understand why people are picking. To me, the surprise teams are going to come out of the AFC South. It's either going to be the Jaguars or it's going to be the Texans. Uh, and to me, those are teams that have a good bit of talent that people just are kind of sleeping on. You wouldn't think the Texans, but their quarterback, Davis Mills, had one of the sneakier good rookie quarterback seasons uh, of, of any of the quarterbacks last year. Like, he really did turn it on. Um, but I, I think Jacksonville, out of all the kind of dumpster fire, bottom feeder teams, to me, I, I think uh, Jacksonville really has the, pot the potential to be that. Think about... Uh, Drafting Travis Etienne in fantasy this year because I think that dude is about to have a break. Uh, bro, uh, I'm uh, in my fantasy in like the dynasty league I'm in, which is very hard. It's a very tough league, and that you can keep players for five years. You got to, I won it one year, and the reason I won it was that I drafted Alvin Kamara three years earlier as a rookie where nobody knew who he was. And I got him in the 13th round and I was able to keep him for four or five years. Um, I think it was five years. I kept him, and I won it in the last year because I got a top three running back for a 13th round pick. So you have to really uh, kind of play this long game. You got to hit some, some home runs in the back rounds with rookies that pan out later. But my draft right now, all my light, my keepers were 13th. I, I kept Trey Lance in the 10th 
in case, and it's really not for this year. It's for next year. If he like really turns it up and becomes like a ball and ass player, then I'll have like a top, you know, hoping a top five, 10 quarterback in a 10th round pick. That's the goal, but he's going to get some rushing yards. He's going to get a starter. At least I kept him. I kept Elijah Moore in the 14th from a wide receiver from the jets. I kept Terrace Marshall jr. In case someone gets hurt and he all of a sudden becomes a big deal. And I kept Dallas Godert as my tight end in the 17th. So all late, late round picks, but here's my draft. So far I picked four overall. I picked CMC. Somebody picked like he fell to number four, picked him. So I was at four. You got to wait for it to snake all the way back. Uh, a lot of keepers, a lot of good players have been kept from like Jamar Chase in like the sixth or seventh round. Someone's got Jamar Chase. Think about that, how badass that is. I got uh, Waddle at, in my se- as my second round pick. And then on the turn coming back, I went with Etienne. And then I had to Ooh. wait, 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 wait all the way back. So my two running backs are CMC and Travis Etienne. Etienne. And then, like, which could be, like, duplicate people. You know, I could have the the black and white version of Yeah, I mean, they're, they're talking about they're going to use him like they use Christian McCaffrey. The, then like, I got Jerry. A- I got Jerry Judy and uh marquise hollywood brown that's my team so far and we're still doing this slow draft like we do it through text message so i'm excited about that excited about that and speaking of people uh that could come out of nowhere is there's a couple i think this might be the last kind of topic for the night to be honest is some of the roster bubbles the players that are fighting and scrapping there is Shai Smith, who is Cody's little love of his life, who might be getting crowded out because a lot of people say that Matt Rule loves this guy, C.J. Saunders, who's been running with uh, the ones and twos at slot at time. And the other, and I miss, I misspoke and misasked uh, uh, Vashti uh, on, the sh- on the beat check last week about who the heck is doing punts, but I think we brought in Actually, uh, our boy across the pond, Rich Kingston, reminded me this is Andre Roberts. Uh, Roberts was brought in specifically to do this. So these are some of the names. Look, I brought this up. Ellis L. Williams at Book of Ellis is, an, I think, I believe a newer reporter for the Charlotte Observer. So go check him out. He said this was what the Panthers were doing on individual drills. Andre Roberts, Chuba Hubbard, Shai Smith, CJ Sa- Saunders, and John Lovett. Uh, Cody, um, is your boy Shai Smith going to get edged out? No, I think uh, as we continue to move into preseason, uh, I think he'll be just fine. Uh, I think he has more natural talent than a lot of these guys. Shai Smith just needs the reps, man. Uh, There was one play, I think it was two days ago, it was Matt Corral. He threw a beautiful pass to Shai Smith. Shai Smith caught the ball backing up took a tackle directly to the back, stayed on his feet, and curved it in and ran in for a touchdown. Like, the dude has talent. He's very strong. Um, He's super athletic. He just needs an opportunity, man. He he just needs an opportunity. And, again, knowing how uh, Matt Rule and the rest of this team is with divvying out the opportunities, maybe that's one case against Shai Smith. I don't know. 
Um, we'll, we'll see, man. I'm uh, I'm I'm hopeful for shot. Listen, if you're allowed to like Demir Bird forever for doing almost nothing, then I'm allowed to have some hope in Shy Smith okay. and his potential to be something Guess, good. Any idea what team Demir Bird plays for right now? Wasn't it the uh, Bears? Mm, that was last year. He plays uh, for a new team every year, bro. Yeah, yeah, he does. Who, who's He's with the Atlanta Falcons now? Oh, he, can, no. he can fly high as a real bird. Mm. I know right. it's going to be harder to cheer for I him. Mean, yeah, we got actually got look. one more late call coming in. See, let's see what they got to say. That is me, C Dog. I just want to say, C Dog. I'm glad to see Cody is back and uh, appreciate you, bro. Man, uh, I have no uh, excitement. Nothing. It's just really the only thing that be excited about is Matt Corral has been balling in the training camp. I hope Matt Corral gets the job from Sam Donald and Baker Mayfield bum asses. You know, that would be my dream and everything. But uh, with that being said, make sure you wipe wipe your feet off on the motherfucking like button when you come in. Make sure you motherfucking subscribe when you come in here. These guys up here every Tuesday, every Friday. You know what I'm saying? You got the Tuesday show. You got the Friday free fall. You know, they be doing the draft shows, so, so on and so on. You know, they go live on game days like everybody else. But uh, make sure you hit the motherfucking like button and make sure you motherfucking subscribe. And everybody have a great goddamn night. And uh, what's up to my nigga goddamn G-Baby? You know, hey. and uh, everybody uh, have a great night and a great show, fellas, as always. Appreciate you, C-Dog. Hey, man, C-Dog, that's our, that's our guy, man. And y'all do what that man says. Hit that like and subscribe for your boys, man. Year-round Panther content. And I hear you, man. I wish Matt Corral would be given an opportunity to beat out Baker and Sam, C-Dog. But uh, I don't feel like we're going to get that this year, my man. But uh, glad to be back, for sure. I think that's about it, man. To be honest, like, I mean, what? we got more. Ch- yeah, I mean, really? I mean, we got to do the ice up pick still. Like, that's all our calls for tonight. I mean, am I missing anything? I mean, have we missed. There was a, somebody put on Reddit. I saw this as somebody asked who the best uh, Panthers podcast was. And I was mad at first because I wasn't, we weren't at the top of the comments. You know, like, I was like, oh, God, are we, are we not even going to make the comments? People you know? on Reddit don't like us. I, I, I every I every few months that there's a new thread on Reddit. Hey, what's the best Panther podcast for us to listen to? And there's always defenders of us that love the C three Panthers podcast. But then I saw one one time that was like, uh, they're like the Mountain Dew of Panthers podcast. <laughs> like, like we're like the generic. What's wrong with shit. Mountain Dew? The, the, I, I know. The it thing I love so about good. it is. Like, here's the thing, and I think we can all take solace in that. Uh, if we're not for people, we're not going to be for them, right? There's no level of defending ourselves or anything. Like, we are for the people that love, love us, who are watching the show, come in here week in and week out, who discover us, hit that subscribe, hit that thumbs up. Those people will continue to be able to love what we do. But if you don't like what we do, you're not going to. Because we're not changing it. We're not, like, running yeah. after you or anything. <laughs> yeah, right. it's, it's, That's the truth. Like, period. I mean, at this point in time, I think 
I mean, I'm at an age in my life where, and I think a lot of us probably have hit, hit this at some point where I just realized there's only so much that we're going to be able to do to make everybody happy. We can't, there's just no reality that exists where we're going to be able to be the, the Panthers podcast that is for every single Panthers fan out there. There's not a single one, not a single uh, podcast out there, show out there that is going to be able to tote that, that uh, accolade. Yeah. Carl loves me. I know Carl. Well, Carl and I are brothers, man. I tell you this is that like we would be the cats that rolled together and partied together, even though he makes people mad as fuck. <laughs> like I would Carl love to party with Carl. Carl is legit on his like fifteenth Twitter profile. <laughs> oh yes. Oh it. my gosh. Like I mean, yeah. like he has to. Like he's running from the CIA and. Uh, homeland security when it but comes look, man, to I'll, I'll, I'll say this you know we're as a podcast we try and cover every single angle of the carolina panthers yeah and it, it, it inside out and we do it in long form content so it's a it's a long in-depth con uh, you know conversation about the carolina panthers and you don't get that's that the negative comments about us is i mean not maybe i won't say the only negative comments is just but, how long we draw yeah, things out and everything yeah you know? i mean but we go through every call you know what i'm saying that's one of the things right now i mean is that we serve every caller type thing we just keep going you know we do it because we love it and man if people weren't watching yeah maybe we wouldn't you know actually keep watching but if well, you the- saw that i wanted to ask you guys what speed do you listen to us on <laughs> uh, well live these show. guys these guys are going to be one one times at this point right uh you can't you can't listen to us any faster than our live feeds yeah. gonna allow the you audio, to but, yeah but uh the people <laughs> watching us in the vod or you know listening to us uh while they're driving to work i think they 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 love the fact that we do have it be as you know we do have it be i don't know if that's the proper way to uh use grammar there but uh we do have uh the the long form content that allows those people who are driving over long periods of time to have something to listen to but i will say this much the benefit to the c3 panthers podcast if you're if you're debating on what panthers podcast to listen to there's only one that pretty much on every subject has three to four differing opinions about that subject right it's yeah. not an echo chamber you're not going to come in here and have all of us just being you know matt rule sucks well you know, right. there's there's going to be somebody who's able to play devil's advocate, usually myself. Right. Um, or, you know, occasionally me and Tony will be on the same side. But me and Cody, a lot of times have differing opinions for the majority of what we talk about. And so yeah. you're going to get all avenues of that. So if anybody's debating on what which one to listen to, you've got three, four different opinions to be able to to find out, you know, kind of get your. Uh, maybe even sway your opinion. So hit that like, hit that subscribe. And if you don't, I have one thing to say to all you legends. Subscriber shame. Subscriber this, shame. Read that. Read that comment. This though. is the con this is comment of the I used to I have one other that Carl had one that I thought was Carl Van I was previously my comment of the night where he said if PFF had a like a sexy rating or uh, something like that is turn it like if Tony worked for them, they would have that, which I thought, <laughs> I, I thought that, rating. yeah, I thought that was hilarious, right? And then uh, I saw JD was laughing about that, but this one is the truth right here. And we're actually, I'm not gonna make a comment on other people's podcasts, like, I don't know. I mean, I and I and God bless all the people that contribute yeah. to their podcasts, I support all creators in that, but. 
this podcast ain't about us. At least it's not about me. I tell you that is that this podcast, the only reason it exists is because we've been developing a community. And that has been the whole mission from the beginning. I told you guys from the time, Cody, you started calling into this show, the way I think about how we picture this podcast, or I picture it, is us riding together in the car on the way to the game and on the way home. And what do you do? You talk about the crap ridiculous for four hours. I mean, literally for me, it's a four hour drive home, but like, and that's what we, I never wanted to be a journalist. I never wanted to um, tell people what to think or what was right, but just to conversate about something to me that wasn't politics or my wife or my kids or my family is like, I can say fuck the Falcons, and now d- the first thing that Demir Bird has ever done wrong done wrong is play for the God forsaken Falcons. And you know that f- the the fan community thing that is easily one of the biggest things that we do here. Look at all the personalities that are spawned from this man: Panther Pickle. Uh, we, we got Joey. making their own Nick. shows Panther. now. They're making their own content now. G, it's awesome. G baby, C dog. Yep, dude, man. Uh, T money like, when he was up in here. Yeah, dude, he's still like, around. He's but you Jordan, know what? T money right now. Who loves me? T money loves me, but he he's worried that the black people don't like him no more if he comes up here too much. Oh no, uh, dude. Listen, I kind of think that uh, the C three Panthers podcast. If you join this community, you can be a commander general in the yes. three army, man. Yep. Come on. We need you to be a part. I'll of follow this. y'all. That's what I'm saying. I <laughs> will follow y'all, man. I always say the chat will tell us. The chat will tell us. All right. Fantastic stuff, man. I tell you, look, 161 still strong. And we're just uh, moaning on about our uh, about really this is that here. I mean, who else does it? Not And it's not a comparison model. We just get up here every Tuesday night. Uh, the pandemic, I continue to say the pandemic was uh, far easier to me than so many other people because I have y'all. Because oh, I got yeah. this chat. I mean, like, I was like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, my wife is like, aren't you ready to get out? I was like, man, I'm got to go up to the office and do the podcast. <laughs> I'm like, I can't wait. <laughs> uh, we can do more content now. We got to just stay at home and get on the Internet and talk on something. So fantastic stuff. Man, I appreciate all y'all's support. We really do. We want you to call in. This season's going to be lit. The Panthers. We got some big stuff working. Oh, my goodness. This is going to be fun. man. Y'all have not even seen the C3 Panthers podcast in its final form. Not even close. We're 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 blossoming, baby. We're leveling up out here. Yeah. Um, So, look, uh, go ahead, smash the thumbs up button, subscribe. Help us get to that 4,000 mark. Uh, we want to do it before the beginning of the season. I think we can do it before the beginning of the preseason almost at this point. So let's go ahead and get that. If not, let's go as many as strong as we can. Let's get the 4,000. By the end of the season, let's get 5,000, 6,000, whatever we got to do. Uh, but what I love about our subscriber count is how many subscribers, how many people actually watch it. We don't have no random. People watch, watch, watch and conversate conversate you call in at 252-228-5098 i think there might be two spots left in the c3 fantasy football listener league so message me if you're interested in that uh it's kind of first come first serve 
and you got to just be willing to pay and play right now we're voting on the price it could range from 25 to 50 the league will decide uh based on those votes it's going to be a fun time and a competitive one there's going to be 14 teams in this league so you better bring yo a game we got one final segment cody we gotta ice some fools up it's the longest running segment where we tell someone to ice up toughen up to get it together it's our homage to steve smith let's do it Bro, we've been doing this since the beginning, since that uh, 2013 Monday night football game where Steve Smith reminded us that we got to tell the weak ones, the people that ain't got it together, the ones that got to toughen up, they got to get it together to ice up. Who wants to go first? Because I got to troll back through our messages uh, in a video someone sent. I hope it's so... Y'all go ahead. I hope y'all got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got, I got something. Go ahead. Uh, so look, if uh, if you're going to um, be on a track and field, you know where people are competing, uh, just make sure that you're not in the way when it happens. Uh, unlike this poor lady. Oh. Oh. Ins- oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh, oh my god. And it could have been worse. It could have been so much worse. He could have headed her to the chin. He chested her. Oh. But look, it's what like the... she Yeah, she looked No away. jaywalking. Oh, and you know what? You know what's even worse? You they know... didn't give him a redo, I bet. No, but no, you know that she was looking back at the monitor and the whole time she's looking backward. She's looking at the camera, seeing herself about to get annihilated Destroyed. by this dude who oh cannot stop in time. Do you remember when Mike Tomlin was standing on the field and yep. uh, he got <laughs> yeah, in trouble? He tripping. said that he saw himself on the monitor, and that's why he stepped aside. This girl had no reflex. One more time. Bro. Oh. Ice. Oh. That's a concussion right there. Yeah. <sighs> Poor lady. <laughs> Carl said is that Wesley Snipes? <laughs> yes, he's bringing the heat tonight. In demolition, man. Oh, oh it did look like a bad. Oh, I my was, gosh. I was thinking. <laughs> Dennis Rodman. That's what I was thinking. He was Dennis Rodman. God. Uh, All right. Man. So, ice up. All right. Uh, CK, you ready? Uh, you know, listen, I, I hate to be the one that always does the, uh, low hanging fruit, but I mean, at at this point in time, I've just got to ice up the NFL for their decision to, uh, to, to simply, uh, with regard to any of the, any of the decisions, the punishments that's come over the past two days with Deshaun Watson to the, to the Miami Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins one is interesting because they've admitted that he had said exactly the things that Brian Flores has said that he had said, <laughs> but they're saying that he wasn't serious and that's that there's no evidence of wrongdoing. Just joking. Right. Yeah. He was just kidding. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I feel like it's important that I sub the NFL for this disciplinary process that they have, that they want to have consistency across the board, but have failed to show any sense of consistency when it comes to, 
actually disciplining players or uh, even the owners or anything like that. At this point in time, I'm just, that's all I really got to say is, is ice up NFL and, and, and their current uh, process to discipline those uh, wrongdoings that exist out there. So. Ice up, ice up. Oh, don't uh, one plug is tomorrow night, Battle Royale, 8 p.m. Uh, we go on and uh, hang out with uh, One Carolina. Yeah, John yes. from One Carolina. That yeah. real fun. Um, to talk about this quarterback position. I know that Cody will be bringing the heat. All right. Uh, my ice up is, first of all, this is probably, you might have to ice me up because um I, this proud person may have died by this point they were in critical condition I think uh, I on, on top of this you guys sent this to me and i've probably watched it nine million oh times oh my god it. Some, I, 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 I have to, to our chat it's some final destination shit man. i have to ice up this monitor not the person but how do you do this and not kill the person make sure the volume is off just in case okay uh how do you not kill the person you know what i'm saying so this monitor this is getting the ice up it's one of these giant screens up here watch this girl boom oh Oh, look one more time one more time it's gonna go watch this girl right or guy bam (laughs) i mean how did their head not explode I, yes, I think like, I given I, to this big mirror monitor the ice up for not doing the job. <laughs> I've noticed that Tony has a fascination with people <laughs> almost getting killed. And, and dude, I, when, I, when I first saw this clip, I'm like, oh, I have to send this to the boys. Oh, well, I, did, se- I, I have to. Like, oh uh, man, have y'all seen Final Destination? And that's literally like some Final Destination shit, man. Dude. I like how we all call her her too, and it's like it's a Hong Kong uh, band. Like it's a very good chance it's like some dude, like us. But still, it could be a girl. I've I've been calling her a girl all week too. Oh my gosh! I mean, I'm telling you, I can't. I've watched this so many times. How it drives this individual is that. Direct, like not even like a like a hammer into the ground. It made that. uh It made the one we did. Remember the one I threw up there with the the girl with the kettlebell. That looked like nothing. Now, I'll take a kettlebell to the throat. Remember the lasso hook to the. My God. Oh my goodness. Uh, so that giant monitor, you had the opportunity to split that head like a cantaloupe, and that person's now God. Uh, I'm, I, I hate to be. I think they're in critical condition, or somebody told me and stuff like this. Awful, awful, awful stuff. But good gosh, huh? Maybe I should ice myself up for watching it nine million times this week. Yeah, and telling sure. like I'm like, hey, check this out, man. Watch this person. Watch it, and everybody's like, the face. You should have seen my face when you sent it. <laughs> I know. Oh, dude. Yeah, well, I was after after you had played that clip uh, of the woman throwing the thing up, the kettlebell it, thing up. Yeah, I'm like, oh, dude, Tony's gonna love this for sure. Um, apparently, he was in critical condition, but he's not. Um, yeah, and there were male dancers. Now he's fine. Uh, he's fine. Yeah, they he's were back they on were the male... stage. Uh, Is he really? No, no, no I was no, like, no, what no, the no, fuck? No. 
That dude better. Uh, like, he's gonna be like, he's gonna be afraid to do any type of dance. Dude, he's gonna hear, he's gonna I would never come, immediately like, have anything a with attack. above an eight foot ceiling. I would not walk into that room. Like, nope, you got ten foot ceilings. Fuck that. I ain't coming in this bitch. Oh wow! Apparently, uh, a, a week earlier, they had a performer who fell off. Fell off. The stage. I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't believe the the guy is dead. So no, this we did is not like just uh, some murderers. Have you seen that show, Murderers in the Building, or Murders in the Building? It's a Steve Martin show or whatever. What was it for? And it's got the Selena <laughs> Gomez. Like, we, yeah, yeah. And uh, who's the other guy? He's real. Um, fuck. Steve or, uh, Martin. Steve Martin and um, he. But so he's the director guy. He's like his last. He went out of like he lost his director job because he put on this uh play on uh broadway and it was called splash and they were gonna put a they spent like all these millions of dollars to put a pool in and they had these guys dive off but the floor didn't open so it says splash went splat <laughs> like that's <laughs> like the level of this show dude some of, some of the comments are hilarious high definition so good you can see heaven Oh. <laughs> but was it but was it 4k <laughs> Gosh, oh, oh man dude. Oh, all right man. so uh ice up all right that's the c3 panthers podcast brought to you by carolinacatchronicles.com where every tuesday night we chop up the latest panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective look i don't take myself seriously but i take what we do seriously that's why we show up every week we have a great chat we have great callers I got a great panel here. I covered you on Friday, Cody. Guess what you have to do for me on Tuesday? Cover for you. You know I got That's you, bro. Right. I'm going to be uh, in the Caribbean, sort of. Yeah, man, the, I'm going to have to figure Dominican out Republic. a clever way to uh, do the cat calls. Without- yeah, we, yeah, that might be the hard part. Um, you know, one thing is that maybe I was thinking about this, is that if you download them and you put them in VLC, if you share that screen, because it sounds like when you share tabs, it sounds like they play them. That yeah. might be a way to do it. So if not, you guys might have to go a week without the calls just for once. We'll try to figure it out. Or, um, But we'll do the best we can. We're not going to miss next week. We got tomorrow night with uh, John from Panthers One Place Battle Royale. After that, yeah. we'll do the beat check. Bust that out. Friday night, fr- Friday free for all where you guys can jump in and lead the show, not just conversate, but be the show. Man, you guys are fantastic. Cody Lack, thank you so much for being my wheel, man. How can they follow you? You can find me on Twitter at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. All my written content at drafttech.com, where I am the analyst for the Carolina Panthers. That's drafttech.com. Uh, and yeah, be a part of the show every Friday at 7 p.m. Your opportunity to join the C3 Panthers podcast. Be a part of the show on the C3 Friday Free For All. It's always a great time. It makes for some incredible discussions. You know, it's a whole nother podcast in and of itself. Whole different feel and vibe, you know. Tuesdays, we get the four of us, you know, me, Tony, CK, Greg. Uh, yep. Friday is for everyone, man. That's why it's a free for all. So, Come be a part of it and check us out. CK, how can they get after you? Uh, you can find me at Codizzle Allen on Twitter. Um, right now, I've, oddly, I, I don't know what's been going on, but my Twitter has been 
getting uh, blown up a little bit. I've had like, I know it sounds like blown up is a little bit out of proportion when I say this, but like just in the past week, I've gotten like 30 new followers over there. So nice. if you guys want to go show up, uh, I've been uh, during the day, I've been l- watching training camp. I feel like I've had some pretty good takes responding to some guys out there. So, um, you know, come uh, show some love and, uh, you know, we'll uh, keep talking. Now, um, keep in mind, we're going to do the show, me, Cody, probably Greg next week um, without Tony on Thursday is fan fest um we are going to be there yep. meaning uh cody Ooh, nice. and uh and greg and myself we're going to go to fan fest so if you guys are interested in hanging out meeting up whatever that may look like uh feel free uh come on by and and we'll be happy to you know uh you know just uh get enjoy each other's company for a little bit but uh, we'll try to at least do some content uh while we're there so we'll either have something to upload later or try to do something live for you guys at that point in time so and and two things no, my cripple ass will not shake your hand, but I will take a picture with you. So come on, bring yeah. it, bring it on over, bring it yeah. on over, baby. All right, great stuff, man. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow night, Friday night, all the other nights, and on the social medias. Yep. Cody Lack, take us out of here. C three Panther Nation. Until next time, keep pounding. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.